ain't a junkie, I just draft a lot, ayy, and I draft a lot, ayy, and I draft a lot, ayy. I ain't a junkie, I just draft a lot, ayy, and I draft a lot, ayy, and I draft a lot, ayy, and I ain't a junkie, I just draft a lot. I ain't really got a lot of thoughts, I just pack them in a box. So I popped up on this pod, now I'm outside of the box. When I pop up on the clock, last thing I think is talk. See, I'm winning it now, loving it three and a thou. They peeping my style, keeping it now, steadily growing my Dow Jones. Oh no, these kids be thinking they prowl. Oh no, no, immediately throwing the towel. See, when it's different, it's different. Go position by position. Ain't no issue commission. As a commission, I just listen. They envision my vision and my division. I'm stealing. Cause I'll be willing and dealing. Find me the trade. Cause I'm a fiend. I'm a junkie, ayy. And I'm a junkie, ayy. Ain't no denying my supply. I'm a junkie, ayy. See, I'm a junkie, ayy. And I'm a junkie, ayy. Be getting high off my supply. I'm a junkie, ayy. Good evening. Welcome to Dynasty Junkies episode 78. I am your man, Scott underscore Sidlow on Twitter tonight here with Andrew Hall FF. Andrew, how you doing? Oh, always a pleasure to talk to you. And I'll be honest, I'm glad there's not a game tonight. I feel like the, the drag of the season is just getting exhausting. So I'm actually really glad there's not a game to think about. Right Nothing now. makes great. me happier right now because this was like, hey, we used to do this podcast on Wednesdays. And it's like, oh, hey, we're going to do it on Thursdays now. You know, there's football on Thursdays. Anyway. Yep. All right. Awesome. Tonight, Junkie. Actually, check this out. At Dynasty Junkies on Twitter. You can follow us there. You can see us on YouTube. You can join in. Uh, jump in the comments. Come chat about whatever you want. Come talk to our awesome guests we have tonight. We are just lining them up from Dynasty Rewind. And tonight we have the man himself, Chevin Nooney, one of my favorite uh, names, at ChevBoyRD on Twitter. That is awesome. Chev, what's up, man? Welcome to the show. Nothing much, man. I'm excited to be on. This name was actually created for a PS4 back when I was in college. My buddy's like, all right, we got to come up with a new name. What about ChevBoyRD? I'm like, bro, genius. Let's get after it. So I've been sticking with that name ever since college, and uh, it's just a lot of fun to hear people try to even say my first and last name in general. So oh, yeah. it's, it's, been, it's, been a, it's been a good start to the Chef Boy RD Nation, that's for sure. <laughs> I'm glad there's not football, though, just like you guys, man. Yeah. I've been, I mean, it's yeah. been awesome to have Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday, Sunday, but Goodness gracious, I'm ready for a break after all these bowl games and whatnot, watching all these uh, oh, yeah. players. So it's, it's been fun, but it's nice to get a tiny little break before the Saturday slate. So you know it what is. it reminds me of? I was going to say this. Like there was there were football on eight days out of ten days, right? Like we had like what I would call like a gluttonous piece of football. It's like <laughs> eating too much pie, and you're like, I love pie, but I'm done. I can't eat any more pie. I'm just, I got to sit down for a minute and let my brain reset. And that's what it was like. We had so much football, so much COVID news, so much ins and outs. And all, like literally last week with Christmas, I'm like being out of town. And we were all at like, you know, different families and we're all focusing on it. It was literally like overstimulation to the point where now it's like, oh, okay. And I made finals, which is great, but it, oh, I'm tired. I need a break. So I'm glad we get like six days of no football to like discuss and think and plan and strategize for our fantasy championships, which is what we're talking about tonight. So I'm excited. I'm ready. Let's do this, Scott. You know, and I'll tell you what, this is all the more reason your championship should be this week because we don't have those Thursday and Saturday games that screwed me up so much. 
last week. I mean, how many of you had decisions to make where you're like, oh, man, I don't know if he's going to play, so I guess I better play this guy on Saturday, you know, and then you end up losing by like two points, you know, when you had somebody else you could have played. So uh, it is nice. They're all on Sunday. I know the NFL did that for us fantasy guys. I know that's exactly why they did it, you know, Um, because it's all about the money. (laughs) (laughs) They don't want to get in written away a bowl game season, which, again, like Chet was saying, like I do kind of like having bowl games to watch and not have fantasy players in them. But look at it from a fantasy lens and say, okay, well, some of these guys might be coming up in my rookie drafts. So, I mean, not everybody, but some of these players, I'm like, all right, I'll tune into this because of X player. And like, I kind of want to see who they're doing. And like, so it's kind of nice in that regard, like not have a stake in it now, but to like put some research in for the future. So I like that. Or maybe they're on our C2C squads. I was going to ask, like, are you on a campus to Canton, Scott? I know, I feel like you are. I am. I am in the Dynasty Rewind campus to Canton. Of course you are. (laughs) I'll tell you what, I could, back together. I could not be a part of that. I've been working Saturdays for the last three years, and I have barely got to watch much live football on Saturdays. So, Scott, I hope you're kicking their butts, though. I mean, they're always talking trash to each other, but I hope you are winning that for sure. So this is what's crazy <laughs> is that I my Saturdays, like this was pre- wife, kids, family, whatever, but my Saturdays from when I was a teenager through – I don't know, probably like three, four years ago. I mean, 8 a.m. game day, and I watched all the way through like the West Coast games, like midnight, whenever they end. I mean, I watched, I mean, I had multiple TVs set up. Like even back in the day, I had like tube TVs like stacked on top of each other watching multiple games. I mean, it, it was like that was my Saturday. I knew so many players. I knew everything that was going on. Nowadays, oh, man. I We got through the first couple rounds of that draft, and I was like, who I do I've never heard of these guys like yeah I have no idea and uh I did really well in the league points wise but uh, apparently it doesn't go by points it goes by record and my record wasn't so good so I didn't make the playoffs even though I was like fourth or fifth in points um so just one one of those years what are you gonna do but uh you know hey I'm, I'm learning a lot uh Maddie big chest you know, is, is teaching all of us, <laughs> teaching us and killing us at the same time. Dude, that but, guy has so much knowledge. I mean, I don't know where he gets all this free time and all this time to do graphics and videos and whatnot, but dude he is did super these. knowledgeable. He man. did these right here. He's a stud. He's, he's giving away for 30 bucks on Twitter, folks. You better go hit him up before it's too late. That's for sure. <laughs> definitely. <laughs> Very talented. Definitely. Definitely. Well, with that, what do you guys have this week for uh, injuries? I do want to bring up the new quarantine protocol. Um, the CDC changed the <laughs> guidelines, and so now they're changing. NFL is changing the guidelines, and so I guess it's giving more opportunity for players to come back sooner. Is kind of the easiest way to to state that. Um, yeah, I mean. I'm not against it. I, I mean, again, I'm against it maybe from a scientific and medical standpoint, but who cares about that, right? Like, what does my opinion matter in the the huge, crazy chaos of the world? But I'm looking at it like, I really wish this had been last week. <laughs> like, right. I'm a lot more final if, if Kelsey and, and others had, you know, made the, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It's okay. I'm not bitter. <laughs> but I'm looking at it like, hey, this is, this is the way the NFL has been all year. It's been very reactionary. It's been very... Uh, trying to stay on top of the trend. It's been very, uh, you know, doing their best. I, I, I honestly believe they're trying to do their best to stay on top of what's true and what's accurate and all this. There's a lot of talk on Twitter about, 
you know, like, is this the best thing? Is that, I, you know what? I, who knows? Honestly, who knows? There's no way to know. Nobody These are athletes knows. in their prime of their career and the prime of their health and all this. And they're still, some of them are getting COVID and having issues and, like with Rykel Armstead, for instance, and other players yeah. that are like, you know, having a hard time getting back to the NFL after a COVID exposure. And it's like, we don't, it's, it's impossible to give one standard answer to what the answer is, right? It's like, I don't know, here's what we're going to try this now. And I think what the CDC is doing is obviously reactionary to a lot of things and potentially the economy in a broader sense. And we don't need to go down any of those rabbit holes. Rabbit hole. but I, I do think that some of this is just the NFL kind of going, all right, let's try it this way. All right, let's try it this way. And I, I don't hate it. It's a bummer. It wasn't a week ago for me personally, but Hey, you know, I'll, I'll take it. And that's the game we're playing this week. That's all we can do. Yeah, man, I think it's just crazy. I feel like the first 13 weeks of the NFL season, there was not a single soul that was going to come back after they got COVID. But now we're just like, hey, bring it on. Bring it on. If you got you got the vaccine, give me three days of your time and get back out here. We need your money. Come on. Yep, that's right. I mean, yeah, ultimately no. what it comes down to it, too, is is – the NFL is a is a money sport. It, it's all about money. It's all about, you know, capitalism and, and almost in a really finite sense. And again, we don't need to go down the rabbit hole of all this. But in the end of the day, the NFL wants to put the best product on the field. I don't think that anyone is going to debate that. What they might debate is, is it the safest idea or is it the best option for the players? That's debatable. But obviously, the NFL doesn't want to put out a subpar product. They don't want to put something out there that is weak and, and not great looking. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of like what are you? reminds me of like the remember the Denver game last year where they're like their entire quarterback room got infected and like they don't want to go through that again like they had talked about like postponing games or like finding teams that was all an empty threat I think we all knew that from the start yeah. and I think the way that the postponements went the last couple of weeks where there were some things moved around they're trying their best to help out this kind of satisfies some of that need for being safe but without the postponements right where it's like if it's only five days and we have six days until there's another game you can literally test positive on Monday and then stay home for five days and probably come back fine and not have to worry about it for Sunday. And in week 16, it matters more than week 15, than week 14. Like there are teams trying to buy for a playoff position, like not fantasy, obviously all of us in fantasy care, but like a lot of teams in the NFL. I mean, how many teams have even clinched a playoff spot at this point? Like one or two? I mean, we're in week yeah, 16. Agree, yeah. Usually by now it's like, you know, 10 teams out of the 14 or 12 or whatever are already locked in. We're right. seeing a ton of teams that are going to have to play this week for their chance in the postseason. So I think it all kind of, I don't know, it all kind of blends together. And it's hard to say what the reasoning is. But at the same time, these are the rules we have to play with. And all season long, last year too, in fantasy and the NFL, be flexible. That's all we can be. And that's what they're trying to do. So, all right, it is what it is. Yeah. Very true. Yeah. I mean, we've been dealing with it all year. You just got to roll with it. Um, but I guess it's kind of nice to know there's opportunity for them to come back for our lineups. But if you only have one more week, then this is the only week that matters. So, that, you know, right? yeah. I mean, and we were talking about earlier, like if you had a guy that played on Saturday and he had COVID like Tyreek Hill, you had to take the chance. Or I believe he played Sunday and a guy in my league had Michael Pittman. He's like, right. so what do I do? Do played I play Saturday Michael night. Pittman or – do I just throw in Tyreek Hill and hope for the best? And I don't think he had a backup plan because I don't think there was anybody else that he could pick up. So luckily he started Tyreek Hill. It worked out for him. But that's the that's the the stuff you got to face in Dynasty Fantasy Football right now. I mean, I, I play fantasy basketball right now in one league, and 
that is decimated in the NBA right now. You can't find any starters for your teams right now. So that's a good thing. NFL has had to skip any games. They've they've played every single game that I'm aware of. So I mean they're doing they're trying to find the right ways to go about it and they're they're making it work for right now. I don't I don't think this is <laughs> possible for you to see this but this is my entire uh fantasy basketball lineup (laughs) my entire look injured 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 and and or covid that's the same thing in Mm -hmm. in basketball the entire everyone they're all out i don't i don't i have like two players out of 25 so isn't it only like week three in the nba fantasy season you got time you'll you'll figure it's uh it's week 10 it's week 10 and there's 22 weeks clearly i don't uh but yeah it's a disaster and it's completely destroyed my team so the fact that we've made it through this fantasy football season is is incredible honestly listen i've said that i've said that all season i'm like the fact that we went through 15 14 whatever you want to call it 14 weeks of not much of this mm-hmm. is something that I think we should look at and go, Oh, thank goodness. And then, yeah, it gets messy in the playoffs, which is the worst possible time for us in fantasy. But in the big scheme, like the big picture, the grand scheme of things, we got real lucky to get as much football as we did without a lot of intervention. So I'm just yeah. happy about it. If you made the finals, yes, there's some luck. I know in my home league, they're talking about adding an asterisk to this year for COVID. And I think we might as well <laughs> add it last year. I won it in 1920, and I'm looking to win it again, where it's like three-peat. I don't mind having an asterisk by my name as long as my name's on the trophy. You know what I mean? Exactly. Like, at this point, like you can put whatever you want. Put, like, put a C by it. I don't care. It's still my title. Wins a win. And, and I know that there's a lot of people out there that have been struggling with you know bad luck and bad beats and all this. And I just wrote an article for Fantasy Pros where it's like, honestly, if we all played this game with the expected winner winning, how boring would this be? Like You have to have upsets. You have to have a little bit of fluctuation. You have to have some variability to make it worth playing. Otherwise, everybody wins. Then nobody wins. Like, what are we doing? Like, you, you got to have a little right. bit of randomness, and that's what makes it so exciting. So, as much as we want to, you know, complain and, and bitch about not being in the finals for X, Y, re- listen. If you're in any finals, you're having a good time. If you're not, mm-hmm. join more leagues. Problem solved. And you know, <laughs> you'll be in more next year. I mean, I'm not even kidding. Like, that was one of the main reasons I joined so many leagues a few years ago. I'm like, well, if I'm only in two leagues. And I'm out of the playoffs. I got nothing. But if I'm in 10, I got more chances. So, you know, it's yes. more fun. Saying there's a chance. Yeah. All I'm looking for. <laughs> exactly. All right. Well, Andrew, are there any injuries that uh, have caught your eye here? I know Jimmy G has an issue with his thumb. Uh, we've seen quarterbacks play through it before. We've seen quarterbacks miss time. Uh, so it's kind of up in the air, I guess. They're trying to play coy with it. But doesn't it sounds like he doesn't need surgery from everything that I've read. Um, is it is it Trey Lance season or what? Are we are we rolling with this guy? If if Jimmy G's rolled out and Trey Lance is in and you're in a championship, are are you putting Trey in your lineup? I actually have this exact situation in my home Beautiful. league. I have uh, I have ridden uh, Ryan Tannehill, Taysom Hill, and Matt Ryan to the Yikes. final game, where it's like you know, like piecing together. <laughs> That's some, a rocky quarterback trap. trio there. Oh, it's terrible. I've tried to trade for Josh Allen and Kyler Murray. Nobody's nobody's trading because I've won two years in a row, so nobody wants to trade. Oh uh, yeah, nobody's giving you those you. guys. So I, I got Taysom off waivers. I got Ryan off waivers last week, and I'm I'm looking at now where I've got Taysom and Lance, who I picked up off waivers. And I honestly, I'm I'm probably it's going to come down to Sunday morning if I play Taysom Hill or Trey Lance. And I'm like, if you would have told me back when I drafted 
that I'd be making the decision between Taysom Hill and Trey Lance and honestly, legitimately having to like, they're both valid options. Like neither one of them are like <laughs> crappy choices. Like Taysom Hill is like a top 10 quarterback if he plays and he's set to play right. came off COVID. Right. Um, but Trey Lance has what could be a lot of upside and in a championship game and in a redraft league, I kind of like upside in the championships, right? Where it's like, Give me the big boost guy. Yeah, I mean, I'd it. rather win mm-hmm. 94 90 than lose 74 70. You know what I mean? Like, I want to yeah. go all guns blazing. Give me all the points I can. So, I actually was hoping to answer, get you guys to answer this for me, where it's like, <laughs> what would you start, Trey Lance or Taysom Hill? Because I'm leaning Trey Lance at this point. I think a lot of the experts are saying Taysom Hill, but if, if Trey starts, I don't know. I feel like that offense, he's going to come out there and they're going to want to showcase him. They spent a mm-hmm. lot of money, a lot of picks, whatever you want to call it, on this guy. Um, I, I just, I, do I start him over Taysom Hill, which is again, an awkward question. Cause that offense in new Orleans is so bent to weirdness. It just, yeah. I don't know. I think I go Trey Lance, but what do you think, Jeff? Who should I start there? Yeah, I actually really do like Trey Lance, man. I think he is a stud. He's got the rushing ability. Plus look at his weapons around him. I mean, that alone, I think helps me push him over Taysom for this yeah. week. Debo, Ayuk, yep. throw a Kittle. I mean, it's a huge offense Jeff now. Wilson. That is Jeff Wilson. Wilson. I mean, running backs out of the backfield. Yeah, yeah. we're going to – Hasty McTasty. We talk about him a lot on the Dice Rewind, but I don't know how, how big he'll be in the game. But, yeah, I really do like Trey Lance. I actually got to watch his first start in Arizona, and the dude is just a magician to oh, get out of the pocket okay. and get that rushing ability. So, I think you're on the right right path with Trey Lance, man. I think he's the, the way, especially in the championship, getting that upside. And I think he's got that rushing ability that's going to be pretty huge for you. Well, and just to mention this too, Kyle brings this up in the chat. Players coming off COVID list have not been great in their first weeks back. I Except for Nick Chubb. Hill, true. I especially worry about Hill since his value is so tied to his rushing. I completely agree. And I think the way New Orleans is set up, Taysom Hill's scary anyway, right? Like, honestly, like he's mm-hmm. got a high ceiling, low floor. I think Lance might have similar floor, but a higher ceiling or maybe more yeah. consistent output. Like, I don't know. I'm with you though, Chef. I think that Lance is just going to be one of those guys that I could see us talking about next week, like, woof, man, he got four touchdowns rushing and three passing. Can you believe it? Like, <laughs> it could be like that Alvin Kamara of this year. Like, that would be amazing. So There you go. I, I'm, I'm speaking it into existence. <laughs> but maybe, Scott, maybe you have a different opinion. Am I on the wrong track here? What do you think about Trey Lance? No, yeah, I mean, Trey's, Trey's my guy from just going back to rookie season. So, yeah, I'd be, I'd be rolling with him. Uh, like Chev said, too many weapons there, man. So you just – you got to go with the upside too. And yeah, I mean, basically with the exception of Nick Chubb, Kyle center is exactly right. I mean, everybody's been slow coming back. Even I mean, Zeke you think about, Cam, you know, there's a bunch of just, players that have struggled. Yeah. I mean, what does it do? It wears you down and it saps your energy. And so Tyreek how, how are you going right? to play? Yeah. I mean, yeah. that's yeah. Tyree didn't even have, have a good game. So um, yeah, I mean, you got to factor that in, I suppose, but ultimately, you know, you got to make the decision and and just roll with it and and be confident in it and not not look back because yeah it's one game and it is the championship and all that but process over results you just gotta you gotta make make the make the right choice and move forward and live with it well ultimately what it comes down to and most of my decisions is i'd rather lance do nothing in my lineup than blow up on my bench in yes this yes like it, th- this is this is for all the marbles. It's it's this one game is all that matters. I'm not trying to get a win and squeak into the playoffs in week nine. You know what I mean? Like it, there's a floor argument to be had during the season, and like who can actually be safer for me? And like I, at this point, if I don't win, it doesn't matter. You know what I mean? Like I get second place, it's over. It doesn't. There's no long term effects to any of this. 
where it's like, I, I'd rather go with my gut and be like, I'm putting my stamp on this and I'm doing it. And to be honest, this is going to sound strange too. This is a keeper league that I'm in and you can only keep the player if you, if they, if you draft them and then they never hit waivers. The only way you can keep them. If you drop uh, them and pick them back up, you don't get to keep them. So right? Lance isn't keepable. So I drafted Lance in the 15th, our last round. I drafted him to keep him on my bench to be like, hey, he's going to be my keeper, like a really cheap quarterback keeper for next year. Mm-hmm. And it got to that COVID point where there were a whole bunch of injuries, a whole bunch of COVID guys. And I'm like, I I, I have to draw. And it's week eight or nine or whatever it was where it's like, I, I just I have too many injuries. I can't stash this guy anymore because he's not IR eligible. You know, he's just not playing. So right. I dropped him for like Jeff Wilson or something, and I won that week, which was good for me. So then I picked him back up, of course, and now I'm like, well, I, I drafted him. I wanted this guy for this exact reason. Yeah. So not that it matters for keeper's sake, but like I predicted this way back in August where I'm like, this was my game plan. I'm sticking to it. So it's almost like I'm, it's not even my gut now. It's like my gut now and my gut then all kind of comes together to be like, that That was the plan. I'm going with it. Let's see what happens. Right. How bad could it be? I lose. Yeah. All right. I lost with Trey Lance. That's fine. That's so it's funny that you mentioned that too, because I have a league very similar. We don't have that waiver thing. It's just wherever they're drafted is the round that you, you lose. But I have had uh, like ETN Dobbins, Deshaun Watson. Um, mm. I have a whole slew of guys just taking up my bench spots. Cause I'm like, man, I'm going to be so stacked for next year. And then now I'm in the championship. So like, wait a minute. Do I just, That's awesome. do I need to drop these First guys and like figure it out? But it's like, oh I'll, you know, have Jonathan Taylor and Antonio Gibson. And you know, it's just Jeez. like, Oh my God, this is amazing. Right. So I don't even know what to do, but these are, these are the best problems to have. Right. Yeah, um, I mean, you got COVID year. Got all the depth in the world that you could ask for. Hopefully next season, if you right. are able to keep those guys somehow. So exactly, that's huge. The depth. I mean, I, building the teams. Like if you don't have any depth this year or last year, you are in big trouble. There's no yes. way you're going to get to the championship at all because you just never know. You just never know exactly when you're going to lose that guy. And injuries have been pretty insane as well. So it's been I'll more crazy. Another, I'll add another angle to that. I think running back depth. To be more specific, like wide receivers, you have. I would even, and, and this is overgeneralized, it's not mm-hmm. backed up by data, but I would say there's 20 startable receivers every week. You have 20 guys that you're fine starting. You have no problem throwing them in your lineup every week. But after 20, there are probably 60 receivers I could advocate for starting. Yeah, right? sure. so it's like receivers, especially week to week matchups and cornerbacks and like who's playing what and are they going to be favored? And there's all these other aspects to it. With running backs, it's like having guys like Tony Pollard on your bench and like Damian Harris who showed up and then Daryl Henderson and James Conner, my God, like, all these guys that are like, you know, lower level, quote unquote, lower level running backs that are on your bench that are actually at, at the later point of the season have saved my season and as, as well as many others where it's like mm-hmm. that running back depth is really what's carrying you. Yes, depth matters, but running backs more than ever. And well, I always and the cheap this, ones. Re- well, true. But even then, like redraft running backs matter more in dynasty. I would say re- receivers matter more because mm-hmm. it kind of the, the valuation is different in, in, in redraft. It's always win now. Every yeah. team is win now. Right. And running backs are win now assets. We always talk about this too with, with rebuilding teams and all this. You get rid of all your running backs if you're rebuilding. Just throw them away. It doesn't matter. Because by the time you're ready to win, they won't matter anymore. The yeah. value will be gone. But in redraft, everybody's win now. So you have to get a bunch of running backs. And the more you can put on your bench, the better you're going to be to with, withstand this kind of, I don't know, COVID tornado, right? Where this like COVID NATO comes through or like, some crazy injuries happen with like Dalvin cook misses a week for some reason, or Deandre Swift, as we've seen, like these top tier guys, like in my, uh, my home dynasty league, I've got cook 
Eckler and Swift, who all missed last week. Oof. And I, I still was able to win because I put in Rex Burkhead, James, uh, or sorry, uh, we were just talking about him, Josh or Wilson. Justin Jackson. Justin Jackson and Wilson. Whereas like I was able to throw in these other guys who had good opportunity that I could actually make it and be like, all right, here you're gonna go. And that's really what it comes down to in dynasty and redraft. But like if you're gonna be in a win now position, getting those high value handcuffs, for lack of a better term, are really what makes and breaks your season as you get down the stretch because you need that running back position. And I think everybody loves to talk about zero RB, and this is the prime year for it because those later guys, those cheaper running backs are really what's winning people leagues. And receivers, eh. I mean, you can get away with yeah. it because you can start a guy like Amon Ross St. Brown. He puts up 25 points. You can start a guy like, I don't know, Ray Ray McLeod, I think, was started in one league and he won. You know what I mean? Like, who cares? He's got six targets and whatever. Like, it doesn't matter. Like, you're a receiver. Who cares? Yep. But running backs, it's the opportunity is king, and you're not going to find that on the waivers. Like Boston Scott. Eh, well, that's that's that exactly guy, you know? making my point why I hate running backs. And what Same. I mean is I hate the elite running backs because – what it costs you to get Dalvin Cook, I can get T. Higgins and Alexander Madison. And if I had T. Higgins and Alexander Madison last week, I, I won, basically. Yeah. You know what I mean? And there was a league where I started six running backs last week because I had Justin Jackson and Madison and Jeff Wilson and you know all these guys that I can just plug in for one week. Those guys, Half of those guys I picked up off waivers at some point. So it didn't cost me anything or it was a very cheap um, expense. And whereas I could put the capital into the quarterbacks or an elite tight end, something like that. And so that's why when I say I hate running backs, it's just because when I, I don't want to give up all that value for one player where I can add three, four running backs with almost nothing that, you know, waivers and third round picks, and they can plug in any given week and win you a week. I'll spin it forward. Of the two players that I'm going to mention, which one would you rather start? Dare Gunbawale or Isaiah McKenzie? Dare. Dare. Without yeah. even a question, right? Yeah. Like, he was on waivers in almost every dynasty league I'm in. Maybe yeah. a couple that he was taking. Isaiah McKenzie was also available. But Isaiah McKenzie, as a receiver, is probably a receiver three or four. But Dare jumps into the running back one-two conversation, to exactly. be honest. And now, obviously, a lot of players are coming back off COVID, like Cook and Eckler and all these guys I mentioned before. Mm-hmm. But, like, Dare Gumbawale is going to, like, literally jump in to an opportunity which could be 20 touches. That's not going to happen for Isaiah McKenzie. He might jump right. into an opportunity for three touches or zero touches or eight touch. Receivers are so fluctuating, it's hard to say. So I'm saying I agree with you entirely, Scott. Like running backs, especially when you get them later in the year, and if you can actually, and, and this has actually happened in a bunch of leagues, if you can pick up guys like Jeff Wilson through the season on, on little minor trades or throw them in on dynasty trades, right, mm-hmm. and be like, hey, I'll take this, but just add Jeff Wilson. Like, just do that throughout the year and, like, kind of buffer your bench. If you're really a win-now team and you feel like you're a contender, those are the kind of moves that will save your ass come week 14. We see it every year. And, again, I know, yep. Scott, someone who's got 50 leagues or whatever, like, those little tiny things <laughs> add up, too. Well, you, I'm rounding up. But those kind of things add up, too, right, where it's, like, those little guys. Well, congrats on the new league. <laughs> I didn't know. Right? <laughs> a new one. Um, but I'm saying more like those little tiny things make a huge difference later on. And adding a guy like Isaiah McKenzie most likely won't, right? Mm-hmm. Like adding, even if you add him off waivers, I saw him go for for uh, Fab money more than Dare Gunbowale in two different leagues, and I was like, I don't see the logic there. Like I get you might be again every setting, every league has their own rules, and if you start three receivers versus two running backs, you know, and you're short on receivers this week because you have Calvin Ridley and you've got I don't know Allen Robinson, like all these players that are just not doing it. Okay, fine. 
context matters. I always say that. But at the same time, you're going to get more value from a Dare than you will from an Isaiah, yeah. right? Well, and those and running backs they, show up. It's it just they do every time. Mm -hmm. Even if they get shut out this week, Dare could have, you know, 12 carries and, you know, six catches. And so if he gets me 12, 15 points, I can probably live with that. Honestly, and, and, yeah. and speaking and then, about Dari, I know you read my article, Scott, but I think it's funny that yeah. a lot of the, the a lot of the talk is that like the Patriots run defense is pretty stout. Like, do I really trust Dari against the Patriots? I don't know if you know this, but a bunch of their like best running back against has been with backup running backs. Dearness Johnson, uh, Dontrell Hilliard, Deonta Foreman, like all these guys that are not great running backs are able to run all weeks. over them in the last five weeks. Even like this isn't like week two we're looking back to. Like Deionis Johnson was, I think, week eight. And that's the furthest back we go. But like Tennessee with the two backup running backs ran all over them in week 13, I want to say. Yeah. And it's mm -hmm. like, you know, I, I'm not that afraid of the Patriots defense. As much as I love them for a defense in fantasy, and they are very stout, they had a game against Buffalo, and it was in the snow when Damian Harris ran all over them. And we knew they were going to run it. I think Mac Jones threw, what, three passes that game? Completed one to Jonu Smith. They ran every single down. Like it wasn't even a surprise. And, and that was like, literally both teams were even running the ball all the time. And so it's like, it just, that, that kind of game, you don't get that. That's a weird anomaly, throw it out. But mm -hmm. I don't think the Patriots are that stout. And so I'm looking at it even as a weekly matchup because now, and I, it's actually somebody in uh, one of my leagues mentioned this. It's a perfect analogy. This week being championship week is like a DFS week. It's literally like one week yeah. for the whole set yeah. of nuggets. This is it. You can build all the dynasty you want, but this week for the title, you go all in. You trade for those players that you think are going to have a good one week. It doesn't matter where they go after this, right? And if you still have a trade, if you haven't, if you don't have a trade deadline, you can still trade. These are the kind of trades you should be looking at. And we'll get into some of that later. But again, mm -hmm. it's like these are where injuries and like changes of values can really come into play as we get into championship week. So I'm excited for it, obviously, <laughs> as you can tell. But I'm just, I'm really just, it's always running backs for me. It's always running backs as you get down through the season. It's like focus on receiver. As the season goes on, they get less important. Running backs get way more important every single year. We see it every mm -hmm. year. And speaking of running backs, we've talked about Cam Akers a lot on this show. And mm -hmm. uh, it's pretty awesome that they've – what they did for him essentially to give him his pension year, like that's that's very classy move there by the Rams. Um, but then Daryl Henderson gets hurt. Yep. So, wow, then we're seeing all these – oh, is he practicing? Oh, my God, is he going to play? I mean – you know, okay, there's all that speculation, but um, Chev, what do you think as far as Cam Akers overall from a dynasty perspective? You know, are you taking this and saying, let's use this hype to sell? Um, or are you going, hey, maybe this guy really can break the mold? Like, I personally, I'm not going to bet against history. So mm -hmm. to me, I'm not buying, but I might hold a couple shares and then I might use this to sell a couple shares. So where, where do you stand on that? Yeah, I mean, I think you got to take the hype whenever you can and sell some players. I mean, it sucks. Obviously, we want to keep a good running back. I mean, he's young as well. So, obviously, we want to keep those guys. But also, their value, whenever the times like this come around, like, they could be super high. So, I think you definitely got to check what the market looks like for Cam Akers. Some people might be thrown off of the Achilles injury. I know he came back in five and a half months or whatever it was. So, that mm -hmm. might throw some people off. But... Man, you definitely have to test the market whenever you can, especially with running backs. Like you guys are saying, like these guys disappear from the league in four or five seasons usually. Once they get right. the extra contract, it's it's usually donezo time for them. Todd Gurley, I mean, that guy was a stud oh. running back. 
And then out of the blue, out of nowhere, this guy is just out of the league, no job. Devonta Freeman's in the league, and he's not in the league anymore. So, I mean, that that's insane to me. So, yeah, I'm definitely looking to get rid of Cam Akers. If, if the price is right, why not? Uh, especially in a time where there's going to be a lot of hype coming up for the draft. So, I mean, if you can get some draft picks for him, you might be able to give those away and get you somebody uh, that maybe hasn't had that kind of injury and help both bolster your team up for the upcoming season. So love the story. Cam Akers is a good running back. I really love watching him at Florida State, watching him break people's ankles five yards in the backfield where he was getting hit about every single play. So good player, but I think you definitely need to test the market and see what you can get for him. The hype is real right now. Yeah, and I, I completely I totally agree. agree. I think we always talk about like you buy as, as high as you can or sorry, sell as low as you can and buy as low as you can. Mm-hmm. I mean, any blurb can change a player's value. And I think whether he plays or not right now before the game is probably the best option you have as a sell high point for the next, I don't know, eight months, mm-hmm. because really running backs don't tend to go for more than they would during the season after the season. And so what you end up, what I, in my personal experience over a number of leagues, not as many as 47 Scott, but my experience <laughs> is like during the season, running backs get more valuable. Like we just talked about it. Cam Akers could have a bump right now. And if you want to get out, now's your chance. If you don't, and if you don't, you don't find that price. You don't have to sell. I think this is something we always talk about too. Timing mm-hmm, is everything, sure. right? Like yep. you don't have to get rid of him. He's not, you know, he's not the worst guy ever. But if you don't sell now, you might as well hold until August and people start looking at lineups and saying, all right, well, I need a running back because player X got hurt. Or, you know, the rookie that I drafted, like Trey Sermon this year, isn't looking good or whatever. Like there is a whole bunch of that going into like the weeks right before the season. So it's almost like if you don't sell now, you don't find the right price now. That's fine. That's fine. Hold on to him. Uh, as a as a buyer, I don't know if I'm buying right now. I feel like his if his current manager is looking to move him, he's probably trying to do it at some sort of premium or mm-hmm. at full value or full cost. And I totally get that. Like I just said a second ago, this is the time to sell. That means it's not the time to buy, right? Like unless you can get a discount where somebody is willing to say, hey, this is my best chance to get out. He's only going to go down after this. I'll send him for two seconds. Okay, I'll send two seconds or cam makers. Like seconds are lottery tickets. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And, and literally every league is so unique. It's impossible to give generic advice on something yeah. specific. But if you go and you look at your league and you're like, hey, you know what? I, I kind of like cam makers. I think he might actually blow up this week. I think, you know, if you're if you're convicted in that and feel that and you want to send an offer of two seconds or a second and a, I don't know, like a second and a Jarvis Landry. You know what I mean? Like pick a guy, like a bench clogging receiver, like <laughs> yeah, Tyler Boyd totally, in a yeah. second. You know what I mean? Like one of those, like, I don't know, who knows? Maybe the guy will be like, I don't like that, but you add a third and I'll do it. Okay. You know what I mean? Like, all right, fine. Like, it, yeah, exactly. Like it's up to you what you think is the right value. And we're not here to tell you what the value is. None of us on this podcast are even trying to say we can predict or, or are setting mm-hmm. the market. It's more like whatever you think he's worth now might be the time to ask. You might get laughed out of your DM where the guy's like, I'm not selling him for Landry in a second. Are you kidding me? He's coming back. He's going to be hot. Okay. Okay. Just checking. Just, just thought I'd offer, you know, like there's nothing wrong with a bad offer at this time of year. And it's like, Hey, it's worth checking the price. Like you said, Jeff, like, I don't mind at all looking at it, tapping the glass and be like, what are your thoughts on this? Because the other guy might be looking at this as the moment to get out. I'd rather be the guy, at least showing interest if they want out than the guy who didn't show interest and he gets sold. How many times do we hear about this? He gets sold for something. You're like, I would have given you more. Yeah. Like, I hate that missing out, that FOMO. So mm-hmm. I'm one of those people that would, I'd rather send an offer to somebody. Like, hey, FYI, here's my price. Here's what I'm willing to offer. Let me know if it's any interest. And they just immediately reject and they're like, you're out of your mind. I'm like, hey, I'd rather you do that than you sell them for less than I thought I could get. Like, 
I'd rather you get a better deal. I get the guy I want. We all win. You know, that's yeah. kind of where I'm at. So this if is the you, perfect kind of guy for that. If you don't reach out, you never know. That's the thing. I, I'm, I'll throw anybody out there. Like if I'll ask any manager or any manager that is in my league, like, hey, is blah, blah, blah on the block. Hey, would you be interested in this guy? Why not? The worst thing they can say is no. If they say yep. yes, then you work what you can get. I mean, you do what you can do, right? So I, I think that's a big problem in Dynasty. People are kind of scared to reach out to the owners or just throw a, an offer out there. I mean, if you get laughed out of a DM, hey, you tried. I mean, what are you going to do? Next time you know, maybe, maybe this guy needs a lot more for these players because he values them higher than me. Now you know that, though. Well, and I, I've been one of those guys in almost almost every league, not every league, but in almost mm-hmm. every league where I'm really active and trying to rebuild or trying to retool or what have you, I'm sending offers like every couple of days. I send a different offer to someone just to like to, just really more to ping them and to let them know I'm interested in somebody and be yeah. like, hey, uh, I, like I sent an offer. I think it was Camara and a first for Barkley and McLaurin. And I'm like, I don't know if that trade gets done. Like, I don't know if anyone would accept that trade. But both Barkley and McLaurin are kind of like, I don't know if I want to deal with this anymore kind of assets. Camara, I mean, yeah, he's getting older and he might not be. I don't want to deal with him either. But that first, man, that's future. Maybe somebody takes that pick. I could also see somebody looking at that going, you are way off on valuation. I do not think that's right. I I don't mind being told I'm ridiculous because then it's like, well, just a starting point. I'm not going to take it personal. But what I don't like is somebody coming to me after I made a trade saying things like I would have given you more. Like, where was your offer? I'm not going to send an offer to everyone in the league if I'm shopping somebody. I mean, yes, sometimes I do. But if I get an offer I like, I'm going to take it. I'm not always going to go out there and shop. And we talk about this on this mm-hmm. whole DAP network, right? The whole trade addicts and everything. Like we talk about this all the time. Like trading is fun. That's one of the main reasons I like Dynasty. It's like just you can't win them all. But you also it's fine if you don't lose them all either. Like you never know what you're going to get. So keep talking, keep communicating for sure. Speaking of championships. I know this league called the Dynasty Rewind Listener League. And uh, let me tell you, I think there's somebody here on the show tonight that's in that championship. And no, I'm not talking about me. I'm actually playing Bauer in the uh, 12th place game. So, uh, yeah, not 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 my year um, with the uh, injuries. Although you'd be pretty surprised who's on my team now I'm that bad because I certainly am. But anyway... <laughs> Chuv, you're playing against our man Dynasty Price, Garrett Price Ooh. versus. I mean, you guys go way back. Yep. You have this rivalry. You guys are <laughs> friends, and you're hey, playing I- in the championship. I mean, wow, this is it's gonna be it's gonna be a good one. So in this league, it's a one quarterback league. Um, is there anything different that you're gonna do this week, knowing knowing it's the championship, knowing who your opponent is? Uh, does your strategy change at all? Is there anything you're, you know, in, in any, from any standpoint, is there mm-hmm. anything strategically you're going to do differently? Yeah. So this week I took a real deep look at the waivers, looked at Garrett's team is like, Hey, who could Garrett pick up and how much fab dollars does he have left? And so I'm like, all right, bingo. I do not want Garrett to get maybe lucky Rex Burks, Rex Burkhead. Don't want that to happen. Don't want him to get Dare. So I go out there, I bid 40 bucks. I think he has 39. I saved up a lot this season just so he didn't get him. I, he didn't put a waiver claim on him or anything like oh, that, but I just, just made sure that he did not get them. So that's definitely one way I was trying to get ahead. You got I mean, both he, of them. Yeah, I got both. Nobody's paying attention right now, apparently. So I just, I, I know, I mean, it's the master versus the Padawan. 
I, I once broke his quesadilla maker, so I'm sure he's coming out for <laughs> a lot of vengeance right now. <laughs> but, man, I love Gary. I look forward to hopefully beating him. I mean, Michael Bauer will tell this story a thousand times if he could. He once beat Garrett Price in a super flex league with no quarterback. No. So if no. He, next time you get the chance, give a uh, Mike would love to tell that story. I'm sure Garrett <laughs> wouldn't want to tell tell that story, but wow. Mike will tell it every time uh, he's able to. So I yeah, didn't know yeah. Mike knew what Superflex was, so that's exciting. Mike somehow is a Debbie guy now. And I'm not sure yeah, he know, still right? knows that, but I love what he's doing, man. Mike is a funny guy. I, I'm, I, sometimes I'm, I'm a little curious about what he says on some players like Ken, <laughs> Kenny Yaboa. You know, sometimes I get a little nervous for him. Uh, but Mike Mike stays true to his word, man. He goes and gets his guys, the Michael P. Ryan. He loves those guys. So I, I will have to give him that. He does stick with his analysis, sticks with the guys that he loves. Uh, he hopefully, hopefully he gets a lot of points out of Drew Locke this week. I know he really likes him. <laughs> <the first part. laughs> oh man, that is a that is a great league. We have uh we have quite the characters in that league, so that's uh that's definitely a fun one. Yeah, we don't even take the money in that league. We just wait till the last week to yeah. have somebody ask what's the payout. So Yeah, we need to call out the commissioner on that one. <laughs> um yeah, Bauer. That's that's not gonna fly, brother. So hopefully, hopefully we can get it back together next season. Hopefully we can somehow get some money so me and Garrett can buy. No, you guys are getting paid. No, you guys are getting paid this year. There is absolutely no way that you're not getting paid. That is crazy. We will make it happen. I appreciate that. Appreciate you. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's that's. I mean, I would be so. (laughs) I would be pissed personally. So I'm not gonna lie. I was not the happiest when I found out that Bauer has not taken any money. No, I, mean, I, I, I thought we already paid. To be honest, we're in so many different leagues. I just figured we already paid beforehand. So I that's mean, why I checked the spreadsheet, man. I checked. I've got everything on the spreadsheet. So that's a long it's, spreadsheet for you, though. It is. It is. <laughs> but hey, we're gonna we're gonna get you that money. I promise you. Much you know, fun. hopefully it's the first place money, but you know, we'll we'll see we'll see how that goes. Well, that's um, always what it comes down to: is the good league will make that right. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, even if it doesn't happen, everybody is like, a good guy. You guys, right. yeah, you guys will square that up. That's not going to be a problem. No it's doubt. Random league oh, yeah. or anything. You'll no doubt. Right yeah. And you're going to yeah. win, Chad. Let's be honest. You're going to win. It'll be great. It'll be hey, great. that's the goal, baby. I, my, my, my team's pretty good. We've, we've, last season was rough. We had, I think we got first round pick this year we're in the championships. So hopefully yeah. we can do some big things, man. I'm, I'm looking nice. forward to it for sure. What do you guys nice. think? I'm curious to get you guys' opinion on this. What do you guys think about splitting the money? For a first oh, and second place team. This has been a good topic. I, this is a big week. topic in the yeah. Twitter sphere, right? Yeah. Um, I, I have thoughts, but go ahead, Scott. You go first. Okay. Okay. So I'm I'm gonna say it this way. Uh twice I have done it, and and once all right, twice I've done it. One time I absolutely crushed my opponent, and I was super pissed that we did it. Mm-hmm. Okay, and then and and I offered. So I've learned that I will never offer again, probably, Mm. most likely, maybe a certain weird scenario, whatever. Um, But in another in another league, which I believe was last, I actually think it was a Debbie league. It was my first Debbie league. I mean, I somehow made the championship. My team was awful. And the guy's (laughs) like, do you want to do like us? But I was like, yes, yes, whatever. (laughs) There was no chance I was winning. So I'm just going to say that it has worked out for me once and not worked out for me once. So. 
typically, I mean, I think, listen, if it's, if there's a payout structure that's established, people vote on it. That's what we're expecting for the season. That's fine. Now I have no issue at all. If I'm commissioning the league and you know, the two teams in the championship say, Hey, this is what we're agreeing. We're just going to split it or we're going to do a 70 30 or we're going to do this amount this month. I am 100% okay with that. It is mm-hmm. totally up to you guys. Your money, you you do what you want with it. I'm super fine with that. Personally, I probably won't do it again because it cost me a lot of money mm-hmm. uh, overall. But um, it, I guess it would have to be a weird scenario. Uh, maybe I would not, never say never, but probably not for me. Otherwise, I don't have a problem with people doing it if they want yeah. to. Yeah, I mean, my answer is, is very similar. I have no beef with it. I, I don't have an, a, like an opinion strongly one way or the other in a general, what should my league do kind of sense? Whatever you guys want to do is fine. Like mm-hmm. I, I'm not, I'm not one of those people that tries to tell people how to play fantasy. Like that's just not, that's just not me. Like if you want to have an eight team league and you start three tight ends, go for it. Knock yourself out. Right. If everybody <laughs> right. agrees, it, you do I'm, you, I'm not joining that league, but if you guys right. have a league where that's all it's great, you guys have mm-hmm. yourself a fun time. Um, I will say too, if it's like a five or ten dollar buy-in league, and it's like a cheap dealy, and somebody sends me a, a message like, "Hey, uh, do you want to split the pot?" Because the winner, it's usually winner take all on those lower kind of things. You want to? Okay, sure. I don't really, you know, it doesn't really matter. Um, I also will say, I'm, I'm, I don't think I've ever, and I can't see myself ever in the future. Maybe I'm wrong. Uh, reaching out, offering to someone to do that. Um, mm-hmm. I feel like I, I don't, I don't want to say I'm, I'm not cocky. I'm just confident. Where it's like. I go into the game expecting to win. Even mm-hmm. if I'm not projected to win, I'm going to try to win. That's that's the whole point of this. And I feel yeah. like and, and and I'm not even saying this is right for every league. I'm not don't don't take this out of context. It's just like for me personally, if I'm in the championship, I kind of just I want to ride it out the way we voted on things. You know, like whatever yeah. that was, whatever the system is, whatever the whole thing is, that's what we're doing. On the flip side, I have had somebody one time a few years ago, I was in the finals and somebody offered me the ability to, do, you know, half and half or whatever for the finals. And I said, let me get back to you. I was like, let me think about it. And he goes, well, if you got to think about it, then you don't want to do it. So we won't do it. And I was like, OK, like, you, wow. yeah, I'm not going to say you're wrong, but like I, you offered. I said, let me think about it because it was like a Tuesday. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. well, I got time. I don't have to decide right now. It's not like 11 o'clock on a Sunday morning. I'm like, I got time. I can think right. about it. And he goes, well, if you got to think about it, then we would do it. I'm like, OK, I don't know why you offered if you're just going to rescind the <laughs> offer that quickly. So I'd never actually have done it, to be honest. Um, I've been in a bunch of championships. I've only had one person reach out. And they, the other idea was other than that one. And they were like, hey, uh, what are your thoughts? On, like in general, what are your thoughts on splitting? And it's like, I usually don't go for it. And that was where the conversation ended. He didn't offer. I didn't offer. It was like, hey, just want to test the waters. My logic in general is if you get to the title game, the winner should get more money. If there's money on the line, the winner should get more. If you feel like your team isn't great and you're not confident and you're, you're really a big underdog, and you don't have a trade deadline, you squirrel something together, figure it out. And honestly, be fine with coming in second. You know what I mean? Like we can't win them all. As I just said in this, this article I wrote today for fantasy pros, like it's okay to be second and be like, Hey, I came in second out of 12. I put together the best team I could. At the same time, there's a lot of people that would love to come in second. You know, there's a lot of people that would love that second place money. And it's like, I kind of like having something more on the line championship week. So Again, you do you. I'm not going to force you. My opinion on you, if your league wants to, and you're one of those people that likes to split, and it's, mm-hmm. you know, you can, I, I just heard about this on the, the Trade Addicts Open Bar this week, where 
Um, FF man bun, you know, Gabe was talking about like splitting the pot and then starting waiver players. Like I love, if you're going to make fun with it, hell yeah. Like go for it. You know, do fun things. That's funny. But for me, it's just, I don't know. It's not it, it, play with the team you got. Let's see who wins and we'll play it out. That's how I mm-hmm. do it. Yeah. That's how I am most too. Like I could see where like maybe somebody, a good person in, in the league that, you know, maybe they need the money. Sure. I'll split. I really don't care. But if it's like that's my fair. rival, yep. if it's my rival, no, nah, hell no, nah, I'm not doing that. We're, we're battling this thing out, baby. Or somebody that, you know, maybe has not been good in the chat or with trains uh-huh. like blasting uh-huh. the hair and stuff out, yep. you know. So I think I think I can see it going either way. I mean, to me, you made it to the championship. If that's what you two want to do, great. I really don't care. The money is really not what I'm playing for. I love it because it's fun. I love it. I want to win. It's trophies, man. I want to get that pride. Like you said, you're very prideful. You want to have that confidence going into the championship game. So yep. uh, I'm right there with you guys on what's exactly what you guys I, I will. I want to piggyback on something you said that there was obviously there is that logic of like if if someone reaches out and they they could really use the money. You know, I there was a there was one year I did like kind of a side bet where um, I, I was in a championship game with someone and, and we didn't talk about it at all. But after the season ended and I won, I was like, hey, man, do you want to do it like a week? Because I. I knew he was, I were friends. I knew he was mm-hmm. kind of going through it and he was really beating himself up for losing. I was like, Hey, what if we do like a hundred dollar side bet and you play your fantasy team against mine in week 18 or 17 that time? You know what I mean? Like, we'll just play the same. Like, it's just a hundred bucks. Winner takes a hundred bucks. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. we'll just call it even. And then I ended up winning that. And I was like, now nah, I'm going to keep it. You know what I mean? Like, I'm, tr- I'm trying to help you. I'm not trying to yeah. take a hundred bucks from you. But it was like one of those, like, you know, if you know your league and you know your league mates and you can kind of make some fun out of it, I 100% love that. And mm-hmm. I also, and, and this is kind of related, I like to inside bets with other people in the league that don't yeah. trust me to win, right? Where it's like, hey, I'll bet you 20 bucks I beat Mark. You know what I mean? Like, I'll bet you, Chris, I'll bet you 20 bucks I beat Mark. And then Chris is like, oh, I'm, you, I, I got it. Like, it just, <laughs> you know what I mean? It like, just makes it a little bit more fun. It causes some trash talk in the, in the, in the trade chat and all this. Like, I don't yeah. know, just whatever it takes to make your league fun, I'm always on board. So, yeah, there's no right answer to that. That really, banter. You got to love the banter, man. It's oh. fun stuff. And trash talk and like holding the championship over other people at the draft. I mean, that's the best part when you walk into the draft and even if, you know, redraft leagues, like I'm in now where I'm out going for my third in a row or something. And again, it's not entirely fair. Some of these guys have, you know, nine kids and they can't keep track of things. And it's like, I'll <laughs> gladly play you in fantasy. You know what I mean? Like I've got no kids. I got Priorities. no time. Like I, I do this for a living almost like this is easy. Um, but no, it's like, it's, it's, it's all context, right? Like it's all, it's all for fun. And I think too, if, if it's if it's not going to be fun, that changes everything. If it's going to be stressful, if it's going to be you know causing a rift in your in your friendship group by doing something, then don't do that. Right? Yeah. Whatever that is, if it's going to be like, hey man, uh, you know it's a COVID week and I've got seven players on IR, would you mind splitting the pot? Sure, I'm not going to I'm not going to be a dick about it. You know what I mean? I, I fine, it makes sense. But yeah. like at the same time, I'm not going to be the one to offer that, even if I have seven players on IR. It's just not how. Yeah, I'm no. that's all. Yeah. So you you mentioned uh, our friend uh, Gabe Gearing, FF Man Bun. Oh, yeah. And uh, I just want to take a minute here because uh, Scott Fishbowl is something that's uh, near and dear to many of us in the industry. And I want to talk about how there were over 13,000 entries this year into Scott Fishbowl. Uh, 1,920 teams total. Um, Week 14... Uh, was the official start of the playoffs. There were 320 buys. You can get a buy based on points or record. Then there were 200 wild cards that advanced. 
Um, I was fortunate enough to be one of those point wild cards because we had three of like the top nine teams in my division, not just conference, conference, in my division alone. Uh, Dwayne McFarland and uh, Justin Lanero. And I mean, our division really beat on each other a lot. And so I do appreciate how Scott Fish runs the Scott Fish Bowl with doing that record and points so that you kind of get a little bit of that that luck factor reduced. Yep. And so 520 teams make the playoffs ultimately, and then 200 advance to the following week. And then the top 20 teams from each conference play in week 16. And the highest score from each conference moves on, yielding a final 20 players for the Scott Fishbowl Championship. And, uh, you know, Peter Shanky from Rotowire, Gabe, as I mentioned, Mike Fala, Daddy's Home, at Daddy's Home FF, Rich Dotson from Dynasty Nerds. Uh, our buddy JP Hurley from DTC, you know, just a ton of awesome guys on here, a bunch of fans mm-hmm. in it too. So you had industry you had fans, you had a, a whole bunch of uh, guys in there. And uh, I am absolutely honored and privileged to be in that final 20. It has been a hell of a ride. It's been so much fun. I want to say thank you to everybody that's reached out. I've never in my life had so many messages like Twitter and Everything else, it's so awesome. It's been a lot of fun representing junkies and trade addicts and the DAP network and and everybody that I've been in leagues with over the years because honestly, you guys have all made me better. You know, mm-hmm. like it's it's all the all the discussions we've had and all the side chats and all the trades and all the theories and strategies and everything that we do, right? And and then it takes a hell of a lot of luck, especially when you're talking this many teams oh, yeah. uh, to get down here. And I had a really, really rough week last week. I lost a lot of semifinals. And uh, I had Stafford, who got me negative points in Scott Fishbowl. So I, I'd stopped paying attention. I didn't even look. And then it was uh, like before the Monday night game, I was just checking everything. And somebody was like, dude, you're in first in your conference. And I was <laughs> like, what? And I went and looked. And then I there were three people that could have caught me and two were done. And uh, I was like looking and I was like, that pretty much would be need a miracle to uh, to lose at this point. So that was that was awesome. Knowing that uh, Dak's big performance put me over the top and then Jalen Waddle Monday night. So that's it's it's amazing, and I would just say that I would trade all of my championships for for a Scott Fishbowl win. So oh, I mean, yeah. could you a lot of a lot of people are in the same boat. So I'm definitely going to be going for it. But setting that lineup is going to be like the <laughs> most traumatizing thing I ever do, and I I haven't even looked at it this week because I don't know what to do at this point. So well, I was going to ask, you need help? Do you need a hand? What, what I do. I think I'm just going to put it on Twitter and just have everybody set my lineups. <laughs> I can't do it. <laughs> no, I, I wanted to say this too. Like, obviously, I'm I'm pulling for you, Scott. I I was in the finals up until last week, or the semifinals, or whatever. Yes. And, and yes. I, I my whole team screwed the pooch. I went for upside. I was I played Mac Jones, who, who lost me nine points, kind of like you were saying. Like, I went for upside because I'm like, it's a it's actually a big tournament. I got to differentiate. I got to be the number mm-hmm. one in Correct. my in my conference. Correct. And it it didn't pay off. It happens. That's okay. Yeah. Um, but when I saw that you had advanced, I was like, oh hell yeah. <laughs> And then I saw, of course, Gabe advanced. I'm like, oh, yep. hell yeah. And Rich Dodson <laughs> from Dynasty Nerds. Like, there's a lot of good people in this. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Again, like, I, I would, I'm I'm kind of, I don't want to say all the way, but I'm kind of with you. Like, having having a Scott Fish Bowl title, especially these later years, as it's gotten huge. Mm-hmm. Um, like, SFB 9, SFB 8, when it was still, like, you know, 1,000, 1,200, whatever. 
Like that's huge. Don't get me wrong. But being like the champion of 1900 teams, <laughs> some of which are names you will never get to play in a league with, you know, yeah, right. I, that's, that's just the fact that you're in the, the final 20 is, is well done, sir. I know mm-hmm. I was going to, I wanted to make sure we brought that up. And I know uh, Gabe brought it up on, on his, uh, on, well, not his, but on the trade addicts podcast where it's like, yeah, I, I, I would love to see Gabe win it too. Great guy. You know what I mean? Like and all, any, almost- any of that group I just mentioned, I will be honored to have played against them. Honestly, mm-hmm. it, it would be great to have them and represent the dynasty community. And, yep. you know, Hey, us dynasty guys know, know a little bit about redraft too. But what I posted immediately after was, the only reason that I am in this position is because I used to play in 13 redraft leagues, right? Ooh. And then the next evolution was a keeper league, right? And then the next evolution was a dynasty league. And now I'm in Devi leagues. And it's just, it, it made me better at each yep. one. Um, you know, I made the playoffs in every single redraft and keeper league I, I'm in. And I've done that for like three years straight now. And I mean, that takes an incredible amount of luck, no doubt. But, um, but being in dynasty has made me better. so i'm right there with you i was just going for my three pete in this home keeper league and it's i joined dynasty three years ago i don't think that's a coincidence that's not pure luck it's because i'm focusing on it all year and i think a lot of what i used to do and i've played fantasy for i mean geez what feels like 20 years now if not longer and it's like in redraft i would always just kind of like when my season ended in week 12 i would move on and i didn't care and i have to pick it all back up in august Whereas now it's like with Dynasty, I don't ever turn it off. And I feel like that makes my drafting decisions better. It makes my everything a little bit easier. It's not quite as jarring to kind of get in and out of things. So again, like I I, I 100% agree with you. I think that Dynasty makes you a better player. I know that I've had other friends of mine that I've kind of brought into Dynasty that have said the same thing. And just being yeah. focused on fantasy all year helps. So I do think that it's nice to see Dynasty players like you and Gabe and others uh, do well in the Scott Fishbowl because it kind of puts some credence to this whole thought of like, you know, there's not just one way to play this, but at the same time, Dynasty is for those diehard fanatics. And it's kind of like you can be better if you learn how to play Dynasty. It's not a cause and effect that way. It's the other way. You know, like if you're not even if you're great at redraft, join Dynasty. Leagues. I always tell people I say it on Twitter all the time, like join another league, get get more more contact, more exposure. You know, learn a different format, play in Superflex if you haven't, play in PPR if you haven't, play tight end premium if you haven't. Like, learn these other things because it makes you sharper in every other way Definitely. you can be. So, yeah, I'm I'm impressed. I'm really hoping you pull this off. That would be amazing, not only for the brand, but also for you as a, like, I, as a friend. Like, I would love to see you win this. That would be amazing to take this down, Scott. So, it yeah, would be, well, I'm pulling for you, man. It, it would be epic, man. I, I am fully not expecting it because <laughs> if you look at some of the, you can click on the team. So like if you yeah. go to the website, some monsters. <laughs> it's um, so I don't know how the ranking work. Maybe it's from last week, but I'm, I'm at six and I'm just looking at like, like look at rich Dotson's team. It's like, Oh my God, like yeah. how am I going to beat this team? But the interesting thing is my, my team last year where I was consistently in the top 20 and then crapped like you did last week. Uh, Andrew with that with that Thanks. team um, but like Mac Jones um, Javante Williams uh, CD Lamb Michael Pittman Jalen Waddle Cole Komet like these are I had a lot of these guys last year too mm-hmm. uh, some of those second year players and then some of these rookies I mean I got later and and listen I'm sure everybody knew those names 
but it was just when were you going to pull the trigger on them and and how were you going to put that roster together and without dynasty i wouldn't have been able to honestly yeah, well, so i have a lot of similar you know. players to you so that's why I, I feel like we we advanced on the same reason yeah i, I yeah. have i had uh, mac jones obviously didn't do me crap that jerk yeah uh, i didn't I start did, him so <laughs> i did like an idiot uh i had uh, mark andrews jalen waddle you know what i mean like like some of these players that are just like those dirt cheap guys like Mark Andrews, I think I got him the third or fourth. I forget even now. Like he was just going late. And Waddle, same thing. Like in Scott Fishbowl, that all that whole thing, that whole draft takes place in July. It's yep. such a tough right. draft. I mean, I don't know if people really realize for those of us that are in it, it's kind of like the start of the fantasy season. And and obviously we all blow it up yeah. on Twitter and everybody talks about it. But mm-hmm. that is a tough time to draft because there is so much uncertainty still going into things. Uh, rookies are really undervalued because it's it, even in July, you're like, I don't know where Waddle is going to be. I don't know what things are going to happen. Right. I mean, there were lots of players that took Dobbins and Acres and ETN and that are out of it. You know what I mean? Because yeah. they weren't injured yet. So, I mean, it's it's really a, it's a minefield to try to, to win through that. So, again, there's a lot of luck and a lot of skill. So, yeah, I think you've got a, You've got a great team, though, Scott. I got to be honest. You can do this. You've got a monster. And I think don't start Mac Jones. We'll be fine. <laughs> I'm gonna pick, I'm gonna pick the wrong guys, though, no doubt about that. So, oh, come on, no, 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 no. Put, put it out there, Scott. You're gonna do fine. You're gonna, yes. I'm gonna win this. I'm gonna win lineups, this. Lineups is the one thing I hit. You know, it's like Man. when there's something you enjoy so much, uh, and that, but there's always a negative or a downside to something. It's for me, it's lineups. I literally hate lineups. If all my leagues were just best ball, I would be so happy. I'm right there with you. Lineups <laughs> yeah. are my like start sits are my so, worst. I hate it. I want to so kind right of apply this though to to some championship talk. So like if if you're in um like a multiple copy league and you're going against a guy that has some of the same players in the championship. Are you, are you really analyzing it um, on a case by case basis where you could say, listen, I'm going to bench this guy because my opponent has him and he has a tough matchup and you know, maybe I'm going to start somebody else and try to game the system a little bit or kind of go DFS, right? Where, Hey, these guys all have Mark Andrews. Do I sit Mark Andrews then? And like, I that sounds crazy, right? Because he's absolutely tearing it up. Doesn't even matter who's that quarterback, right? But it, but what if you know twelve of these twenty teams in the finals have Mark Andrews, including myself? So if we start them, you know, is the rest of my team good enough to beat them? And I think in this case, uh, you take the points. But if you're in if you're in a one on one battle here, I'm I'm very curious if. Would you ever take that strategy? Have you ever even thought about doing that? I, I have. And I I think um, my 20 years of redraft or whatever that's led up to this, I feel like a lot of times I look at the lineup and I'm like, if they're starting Josh Allen, I want to start Stephon Diggs. Or if they're mm-hmm. starting Patrick Mahomes, right. I want to start Tyreek Hill, right? I think in the last couple of years, I've really gone away from that. And I don't care what the other team is doing at all anymore. Mm-hmm. I just want to start my best lineup. And in and, and a two-copy league, it's a little different because, yeah, they could have the exact same player. But my thought is I'd rather win on the margins then. Like I'd rather have us all have the same player and all win or die by that same value, right? Where it's like, if they're starting Andrews, I want to start Andrews too. Like just so it cancels out. It's one less Mm -hmm. player in the lineup that I have to worry about. I get the logic, right? But if you're in a one-on-one head-to-head kind of matchup in the finals against another team that has, I don't know, three out of 10 players that are the same, because again, like let's say you have Cooper Cup, Mark Andrews, and I don't know, um, Nick Chubb, right? All, th- all three of those guys are the mat. I'm still going to start those guys. I just, I can't see a logical reason in my mind for not playing the best team. Yeah, There is that okay. discussion of most upside, right? And like, do I want to start X over Y? But I'm not going to sit my studs. Like if we both have Russell Gage, 
all right, you know, go ahead and start wrestling. I'm not going to start, <laughs> but I'm not going to sit Cooper Cup or Mark Andrews because they have them, right? There's a difference mm-hmm. there, right? So my logic is, I think what I would probably do in that situation is I would come up with my best lineup, put that in, submit it, be like, here's my best lineup, and then decide Sunday morning if I want to tinker on it. But I'm not going to tinker on the top 20 guys. That makes no sense to me. Because okay. you're just throwing away potential points at that point. I, I, there's no point to me for that. I, Chev, are you on the same page here? Yeah, I'm on the same page. I'm not in a league like that, but I think you still just got to start your best lineup, especially, I mean, if he's with Mark Andrews, you have Mark Andrews that cancel out. Um, you just got to go with it, man. You've got to play your studs that have gotten you there, I think. I think if you try to go away from that, then you could definitely get hurt. It means Mark Andrews scores 30 points and you benched him. You're going to be kicking yourself for the next – 30 yeah. years probably just thinking, man, what the crap was right. I doing? I just uh, bench, right. bench the guy's been scoring 40 points a game, it seems like. So, yeah, I mean, we all scoring. get too cute. We all get too cute from week to week. Championship oh, yeah. week is the not not the week to get too cute. Like, just focus on your game and, and put your best lineup together and let them do the same. Well, and it's just mano a mano. To that you know? point, I, I don't spend time on lineups because – I number one, I don't like doing it, but I don't, I don't look at who I usually, I don't even know who my opponent is until Mm -hmm. I check scores later in the week. So just anytime during the season, I'm just going through, I'm cranking out my lineups. I have a process that I use to make sure I don't miss anybody injuries or COVID or whatever it may be. And, you know, I have a process for that, but I don't look at who my opponent is, who they're starting, whatever. I just follow my process and I use that process in every league. Sometimes it gets me because I didn't pay enough attention to like, oh, that league is, you know, this scoring or whatever. But you know what? Overall, at the end of the season, it it's it's a winning strategy for me. It's a winning process by not tinkering with it and not messing with it. I don't go in and change them typically last minute. But it's when we get down to these playoffs where I have less leagues to look at that yeah. I start doing that a little yeah. bit more. And then it's, you know, championship time. We have one game. This is it. This is it. This is the one, you know, I've never, we've never talked about a lineup on this show that I can ever remember in, mm-hmm. you know, 78 episodes that I've talked lineup do. strategy because yeah. I don't play DFS and I don't know anything about that. Really, honestly, I just, I even have leagues that are on autopilot. You know, I've, we've talked about that before. Whereas like, Hey, if I'm a rebuilding team, it's on, it's on my, uh, my playbook. And, yep. and it, it autopilots and it just sets a lineup for me. Like, I don't even care. Honestly, it matter. if yeah. it could do all my leagues, I'd probably let it for the most part. But <laughs> there, there's there's maybe a few that I would pay attention to a little more than the others. But, uh, you know, championship week, everybody's overanalyzing their lineups. Well, you know? actually, I want, I want to say this because I wanted to bring this up tonight. I feel like this is the perfect time to do it. There is something I do sometimes and not in every league, but I will sometimes like on a Thursday, like today, put in all of the top projected players just to kind of play a little mind game with my opponent to see if they're paying attention to my lineup because there's Mm -hmm. nothing better than being like, I'm putting in 111 points worth of projected points and the other guy's got 106. Now he's thinking I'm the underdog and I've got to make some some strives to be, you know, the upside picks. And then Mm. come Sunday morning, I'm going to swap a couple of those guys out with who I think are going to do better, but ESPN has projected lower. I do that sometimes. This came up on Twitter too. Like, do you bench your entire lineup going up to I, Sunday? I, I, do. I there were, there was one league where I did that a couple of years ago, just to like not show my cards. You know what I mean? Like the same kind of thing we're talking. You can look at my like my bench and find out who I'm starting. But like some of that is more mind games than actual lineup setting. And mm-hmm. I love that part of this. Like I don't do that in week 13. I don't do that in week 
two. You know what I mean? Like that's I do it just to make sure my lineups are set. <laughs> but oh, no, that's <laughs> the only reason I do it. But yeah, no, it, I didn't. I, mean? I didn't even think of that. You know, I, you I didn't I mean? even think of that. Honestly, it, it becomes yeah. it becomes a thing, especially in like home leagues, which I think a lot mm-hmm. of listeners and are and that are paying attention, and I'm sure with rewind, it's the same. It's like with home leagues when you have a guy that's got like two leagues. And one of them might be a dynasty and one might be a redraft. And he made the playoffs in the dynasty. He's focusing on that one league. And it's to him, it's that's the whole week. I will go in right. there and like sometimes, and I don't know why this is, but sleeper and ESPN, MFL, they all do this where they'll have like, I don't know, Sammy Watkins projected for 12 points. And you're like, there's <laughs> yep. no way in hell he scores 12 points. I know that there's no way I'm starting him, but I'll throw him in there because the guy that I like Jalen Waddle only has 10.5 projected points. You know what I'm like? Hey, that extra 1.5 points might mess with him a little bit. Who knows? And then Sunday, because again, like you said, Scott, I'm only down to a couple of leagues at this point, and I'm really right. caring. I'm not going to miss the change. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not going to forget to change my lineup on this week. Granted, in week 10, when I've got 20 lineups, I might. So that's why I don't do it. But this week, I'm not going to miss it. So I go in on Sunday morning, and I swap Watkins out for Waddle. And again, I'm using numbers and names that are not accurate. But yeah. I go in there, and I swap that out to be like, no, no, here's what I'm really playing. But by that point, it's in his head. He's now playing players potentially. If he doesn't, it doesn't matter because I don't really care what he's playing anyway. But it's almost like this like passive way of messing with your opponent that I love about this whole game. Like it literally comes down to <laughs> one week of pure luck that we see who wins the title. And I just I love yep. that mind screw about it. Like, oh, it's so fun. Then your opponent's looking at Sammy Watkins like, what the crap am I missing? Why is Sammy- he starting Watkins? <laughs> I- I got to start somebody who's going to score more than Watkins. I don't even know. How do I do that? It's not week one. You know what I mean? Like, so yeah, it it just, I'm sure even if it doesn't cause a ripple in anything, to me, it's more like that mind game where I'm putting it out there, whether it gets received, I don't care. I'm putting Mm -hmm. it out there. And to me, that adds to my confidence. Yep. I love that. Little things like that. Little things like that. (laughs) Also like waivers. (laughs) Like when it gets down to the last week, I will, I will be one of those players. If I notice my, my opponent doesn't have a defense or doesn't have a good quarterback, I'm picking up and dropping every quarterback Sunday morning. You know what I mean? Like I'm picking up and dropping every defense. Like if it's in the rules, it's allowed. You know what I mean? Like there was one year I actually lost a finals because a guy picked up and benched seven defenses and my defense, the only one that I had left was like the number 20 ranked defense. And like he picked up all the better options that were still available and I had to go with him. And I That's lost genius, it wasn't because of my defense, but I respected <laughs> the game. You know what I mean? I'm like, right. yep. all right, you got me on this one. And it was like a whole thing in the league DM chat or whatever. Everybody's like, Is that allowed? And I'm like, hey, I'm not complaining just for the record. Like he's doing it to me and I'm not complaining. It's it's yep. legit. Good game, sir. You know, and it didn't. I don't think it affected me, but the gods saw it above and they were like, that's nah, not your week. It didn't matter. It wasn't my season, you know what I mean? But like that was still like well played, sir. You know? Yeah. Chess not checkers sometimes. Sometimes you gotta go a little off brand and do something a little crazy and mess with your opponent. I love it. Yeah, more so in Dynasty, I feel like too, because it's a longer game. Yeah. Huh. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Interesting. All right. Well, I think that that pretty much confirms it for me. I'm putting my Scott Fishbowl lineup on Twitter and I'll let everyone else set it. Love it. You know what? Live I'm a man of the people. people. Let's let them live do it. Die by the people. I love it. That's the way to do it too. Because then if it doesn't work, all of you guys screw I will blame everyone. I can literally blame everyone but myself. I mean, that's perfect. If you win, though, you take a victory tour to all these places. You get to hang out with all them, drink beers with them, and have a good time. So I think your your plan is beautiful. It's kind of a win-win. Yeah. yeah. You got it now. You're good to go. It's win, not lose. Let's put it that way. Right. Yeah, right. Right. Exactly. Oh, man. Um, Hey, I want to get back to – 
earlier in the show, one of our uh, faithful here says, oh, yeah. when retooling in the offseason, are there any, um, I'm sorry, the non-point scoring season? Okay. Still, no, there's no offseason in Dynasty. Are there any rules of thumb that you follow early on, like targeted position or tier, um, trade for need, mentality, value, etc.? So if we're having fun talking about all these championships that we could potentially be winning. But what if you're in a league right now when you're not in the championship, maybe you're a playoff team that was eliminated. Maybe you just aren't in the playoffs at this point and, and you have no trade deadline. Are you, are you trying to move players to those championship teams? Are you trying to make moves right now in general? Cause I know a lot of people kind of check out and they're focusing on the leagues that they are in. And so there may not be as much activity, um, but maybe the two teams in the final are having an arms race and you can, you can move some players like that, uh, which is always fun. But is there anything that either of you guys do specifically right now um, or, or generally uh, strategy wise with those teams that are not in it? Jeff, I'll let you go first. Yeah, so for me, if I'm not in it, I'm still looking to build my team. If I can find somebody on waivers that maybe is a free agent next year, like a Ronald Jones. I mean, obviously he's come up out of nowhere, but he's a free agent next year, possibly going to a different team. I want to go pick him up just in case his value goes up the next season. I mean, you trading is insane. Like you can get pick up Ramondre Stevenson. He has one good game. The next game or next day. Somebody might want him. Somebody might want to trade for him. And you just got him off waivers for free. So why not keep grinding? Keep grinding the tape. Keep watching who – watch the injuries. Watch who got COVID. Like, you only need one game to change that person's value. So I'm always looking for somebody that is on the waiver wire that maybe gets another chance somewhere else next season and ups their value. And, I mean, I'm, I'm not in many two no-trade deadlines. Uh, but, I mean, why not? If you're a rebuilding team and you can get max value now – Come on. You got to do what you got to do. You never want to be in the middle either. So if you're a middle team and you need to rebuild, now is probably the perfect time to get rid of those guys and start building from the bottom and get those wide receivers, man. You want to get those wide receivers and build from that. Yeah, you definitely want to get something that holds value, right? Like yeah. You don't want to lose value. And there's a lot of value change between now and August. Let's be mm-hmm. clear. like Not necessarily always up or down, too, but there's a, there's going to be a lot of value change now in March even like hell before the draft and free agency and all that there's going to be a lot of valuation change and I think sometimes players get kind of stagnant or, or not lazy that's not the word but like they just kind of stale and just kind of like hey you know I've done what I can do and I've definitely got leagues where I feel like I've, I've grinded all year and I've, I've sent offers and no one's biting and it's just like I give up you know what I mean like I'll just like just go into the non-point scoring season and we'll see how it goes and I'll get to the draft and then I'll make moves I don't mind that right like that's fine um I, I want to say this though I think you hit on something there. Like even if you're, let's say you're a bottom team, grinding the waivers can be one of the easiest ways to add value to your team, right? Where you can drop a player that nobody wants, that's going to be on waivers anyway, and pick mm-hmm. up a guy like Dare or Reichel Armstead even, or like one of these guys that might show up. Uh, trade deadline or not, that still could be a nice little value bump for your team heading into the off season because it could cause some, you know, some blurbs to come out. Or it can be like, hey, Right, Cole Armstead looked really good. He's going to get cut by the Jags, but, oh, he got signed by Atlanta. Now he's going to be their starting running back. You never know, right? Like, you never know. So I think retooling and rebuilding teams, I think, are, are the, in my opinion, are the most fun. Um, mm-hmm. Obviously, winning a title is number one. Don't get me wrong. But being the bottom is actually my my second favorite place to be because it's like there, it's it's all risk, all reward. You know what I mean? Like, you can take on – like, 
in one league, I traded for Calvin Ridley. I traded for Chris Godwin after he got hurt. I traded for Juju Smith-Schuster. I traded for Curtis Samuel. I just, you know, I just added Deshaun Watson. You know what I mean? Like, give yeah. me all the risk. Give me every risky player. Because, again, I'm at the bottom. I can't go anywhere but up, you know? Yeah. So there's some fun in that. Um, I also think that if you're if you're literally just, like, in the middle, you have to decide, do I want to go up or down from here? You can't stay in the middle. Nobody yeah. wants to finish sixth or eighth or whatever in their league. So I think you have to really take an honest look at your league and say, is my team unlucky and potentially worth going up mm-hmm. or is my team not functional and not good and got kind of lucky to get sixth? You know what I mean? Like, and I think uh, Russ even talked about this on trade acts one week where he's like, my team is not great, but it's third in scoring. You know, that happens all the time. Injuries happen all the time. Guys like Derek Henry get, get injured. I know there was one league where I had uh, uh Going into this season, I had Todd Gurley, Saquon Barkley, and Christian McCaffrey. And I'm like, I am set. You know what I mean? Like, I'm (laughs) nope, not at all set. Like, I did not work out. And it's a start three running back league where I was like, I I I got nothing. You know what I mean? Like, I'm now scrambling together with like Mike Davis and Chuba Hubbard. And like, you know, it's just it's a it's a grind, right? Mm -hmm. Um, so you have to take an honest look at your league, and I think that actually makes a difference. The other thing, too, is uh send trade offers all the time. Um, I think you mentioned this uh, just a second ago there, Scott, where it's like, am I sending offers to contenders? Sure. But I'm also sending offers to the guys that just lost last week, like the third and fourth place teams. That's who I'm targeting. Now the contenders, the teams that are still in it, they have their team. They're not looking to make any moves. They're not going to, because they already figure they're going to have to sell at a premium, but that third and fourth place game, like that's why I look at on the bracket on MFL or sleeper or wherever. And I'm like, those are the guys that I think I, cause they're the ones that are like a piece away or that they think are right. a piece away. Yeah. And if you've got a guy like a Stefan Diggs or an Aaron Jones or a, I don't know, name anybody at this point, you might be able to get a little more value from them because they're like, you know what? I will, I want to consolidate. I'll trade you these two ascending players. Like give me uh, I don't know, Michael Carter and Michael Pittman for Aaron Jones. You know what I mean? Like in a normal mm-hmm. vacuum, that might not make any sense, but on your rebuilding team, give me the younger players with the higher upside. I don't need Aaron Jones. He's with AJ Dillon. That could be messy, but that other team could be like, I'm consolidating my assets. I'm looking to better for the future. So that's kind of what I'm trying to do with myself is I'm aiming for those teams that just lost. Also, mm-hmm. we all know this when you just lose and you're just knocked out, you are the most until you are all season. <laughs> I, I know for a fact, I am, I know, Shem, I'm sure you are. And I know, oh, Scott, yeah. I know you are where it's like, oh, yeah. you're pulling your hair out. You're like, how did I lose that game? Are you kidding me? I lost by six points. I lost by three points. Like if I just had, <gasps> there's this trade offer in my inbox. That that would have fixed it. I'm smashing accept. And then two days later, you're like, what did I do? What did I do? That doesn't make sense. But like you're in the moment and you're heated. You know, that's when you yep. strike. So there's a lot of context to all this. But I mean, again, kind of get back to the original point. I, I don't mind sending offers to the people still in it, but I like to target anyone who just got knocked out, whether that's week six, week 10, week 14, week 15. Like those are the guys I'm targeting because they're the ones feeling it. Mm-hmm. For sure. So in the uh, in the junkies listener league, um, I took over an orphan, which was kind of a weird time to do it. But Rocky was like, "Hey, this guy reached out. He said he's leaving, so we might as well move on now." And uh, and I've been wait, waiting to grab my own team here. So so I I did uh, kind of blindly. I didn't even really look at what it was. I was just like, "Yeah, sure, just give it to me. Let's go." Um, 
Yeah, and I mean, it's not a great team, but, you know, there's some pieces. But I felt like it was a move uh, that I needed to make because of, you know, the things that I've said here. If I don't back them up with actual mm-hmm. moves, then, you know, then why are you listening to me, right? Um, so what I did is I have kind of an aging roster here, and I looked for a piece that I didn't believe in for the future, which happened to be Rob Gronkowski. Uh, I traded Gronk and a 22 second uh, and a 23 fourth for a 22 first and a 23 third. So essentially I'm moving up maybe four or five spots uh, in the draft next year. But what it does is it gives me that first round pick. Now I've got two firsts and, you know, it is a small, it's a small move up and you'd say, well, yeah, it's, it's a no brainer for the guy still in it, which was, this was last week at this point before the games last week. So for him, it was a good move to make because he's getting a guy who could put up a ton of points, right? Uh, and for me, it's like, well, why would you do it? And I just, I have plenty of examples of where that, that small move up changed things for me, uh, in a championship I'm playing in right now, where I moved Matt Ryan and the 203 for Aaron Jones and the 112. And so at 203, instead of getting like Rondale Moore, who's who I would have taken, I took Jalen Waddle at the 112. And that's, there you go. And now all of a sudden I plug in Aaron Jones and, and Jalen Waddle into my lineup. Matt Ryan wasn't playing for me anyway. Uh, now I plugged in two starters and I just went from having the third pick to, to being in the championship. And so sometimes those pick, those, those moves, they seem small, but if, if you do them right and add it in a little luck, that helps. Plus I know that those picks are only going up in value and I don't even have to use the picks. Right. So once we get around to draft time, if there's another player that I like, uh, I can I can easily package a couple firsts, or I can do that. But packaging a first and a second isn't nearly as sexy as packaging two firsts, right? So even if one is late, and so well, that's man. that's just the move that I wanted to make there, just to just to kind of be on brand and, and make well, that make that know move. No, you're like, this is uh, a no trade league. This is a dynasty junkies league. This is people like us that do this. No trade deadline, yeah, crazy. So it's like mm-hmm. you know, part of me says that that trade pure value wise might not make sense, but in this league, it makes perfect sense. I thought that was a great trade for you. I actually was kind of jealous. I'm like, even if it's only four spots, because what happens here is let's say that's the 110, 111, uh, one, uh, probably be the one, like it'd probably be the 111 or 112, honestly. Either so, way, let's say it's the yeah. 111 and you traded away the okay. 204, 205, like your yeah. pick was, right? Let's say it's five picks. I'm trying to give you the biggest window here, right? Yeah. Five let's spots. Yes. Yeah. Picks. You can still trade back from the 109 to the 110 to the 111 to the 112. Like you still got options there. Mm-hmm. And I think that's where this comes down to is like, this is not, this is a trade in December for rookie picks that aren't being made for four months. Right? Yeah, right. And so it's like, you can literally take, and again, everybody loves that one beside their pick. They're like, Oh, it's a first. Ooh. It exactly. doesn't matter. Right? It's a 111, 112. Who cares? It's a first. And I think that was a terrific trade. So yeah, that, that little change makes a difference. I do want to caveat that with saying Rob Gronkowski on your team makes no sense. You're rebuilding. There's no yeah. reason to have Rob Gronkowski on your team. So right. get rid of him. And you well, said fourth yeah. in 23. Who cares? Like you're not going to yeah. use that fourth for the most. You can get it back. Who cares? So like the only asset you gave up really was a second to get a first. I'm in on that every day of the week. Mm-hmm. Hopefully. Yeah. 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 It, it makes sense. And now I think, uh, I believe he made the final. So it will be 111 and 112. And I assumed it's the 112. When I make that trade, Always. I assume okay. it's the 112. And, and if I can live with it, then I, I make the deal. Um, so it looks like it's uh, Unleash, Unleash the Dragon yeah. versus Gators Bitches in the yeah. final. <laughs> 
Uh, I got some names, man. At, at real at real goat thirteen is unleash the dragon, and uh, yeah, Gators bitches. I don't I don't even know who that. I haven't been in the league long enough to even know who that is at this point. So, um, yeah, but uh, and I will shout out to our buddy Jake Earl because um, I think he's my most common league mate at this point. We're in like twelve leagues yeah. together, so that's funny. <laughs> Yeah, and I actually um, am a co-owner with Rocky on the other league, and I I was saying to Rocky like I was kind of we're in a rebuild on the Dynasty Junkies team in that league, and I told him like I'm in too many leagues, like I'll co-own it, but I'm not doing anything. So this year, oh, I'm taking it on. Like this is it's <laughs> you versus me, Scott. Like me and Rocky <laughs> on this team versus you. Look out, listeners! This is gonna be a fun year. Like, this is this will be yeah. This this will be a good time, no doubt. Yeah. Uh, we're gonna I make mean, it a little bit. It was a little bit stagnant this year with us being in rebuild mode with the Junkies team. But now that we got Scott in it also, I feel like it gives a little bit more, uh, I don't know, variability to this. So it, it gives us some <laughs> flexibility. And we're going to talk more about it on the show, too, I'm sure. So Definitely. Yeah, out, no, we, look out. we will for sure. We will for sure. Let's get into uh, Find Me a Trade tonight. Um, we normally love to get the listeners involved. We love when you guys submit our leagues. Uh, we had so many sleeper submissions, and we had more um, ones where we didn't know if there was a trade deadline type of thing. We just didn't want to get into all that right now. So basically, uh, we're doing one of Rocky's teams from a, a kind of a weird league. And this this particular one, I, I believe he went from uh, – I don't, I don't know if he did, but he's essentially he's in the championship game. That's all you need to know. He's, he's yeah. in the ship. He's going for it this weekend. Uh, he's looking to make a move here to get the win. Uh, it is a 12-team PPR Superflex 1.75 tight end premium. There's a three-point bonus for 100 yards rushing or receiving and 300 yards passing. Uh, I'm also in several leagues like that. I have one where it's a 10-point bonus, which I don't like that league, Ooh. but mm. it's kind of fun. Um, and then also point one point per return yard and some small bonuses for big plays. So there's a little bit more scoring, a little more variance in this league. Uh, ultimately, you know, he's in, he's in the championship. So if you want, I'll um, run through the team. If, if you want to okay. do that, yes. I got it ready to go. So. You got it pulled up. Perfect. Yep. Go, go here, ahead. Here 30 go. man Stay. rosters start 10. There are no positional requirements. It is all flexes. So essentially it is a, it's a super flex, and you have you have two super flex spots. You could start up to two quarterbacks, right? And then you have eight additional flexes. You can start any position there. All flex league. I'll be honest. This is one of the most Rocky Petrella teams I've ever seen. <laughs> uh, and I think well, quarterback says it all. You got Tom Brady, Kirk Cousins, and Matt Stafford. Like all three old aging quarterbacks. And then you got Joe Flacco and Chad Henney on the bench. Like, you know what I mean? Like you're just... All old QBs. I love it, Rocky. Way to stay on brand, particularly Petrella. Um, running back, it gets a little weird to me. And this is kind of where we'll talk about this. But again, not having to start a running back changes the calculus a little bit. Right? It's a PPR league. You don't have to start any. His running backs, I think, I would call them a little weak. You got Daryl Williams, Mike Davis, uh, Amir Abdullah, Matt Breida. Like, nobody that makes any sense. Like Jordan Howard. Like, you're not starting most of these players on a week-to-week basis. Darryl Williams actually has some value here and there. But if you're in the title game, that might be a, a hint to where we're going. Is like maybe that's the place I would shore up just because running backs do come in handy, especially like we said, as the end of the year goes on, running backs are kind of valuable. Mm-hmm. Uh, receivers, he's, I would say he's pretty stacked at the top. But again, you have to start, I think it was eight, you said, right, Scott? Like there's eight, eight players Correct. other than two quarterbacks. So you got Devontae Adams, 
Deontay Johnson, a classic uh, Rocky pick, Justin Jefferson, <laughs> and then it gets it falls off a cliff. You got Julio Jones, Jamison Crowder, Deontay Harris, Zach Pascal, Deshaun Jackson. It just gets it gets gnarly. <laughs> but then we get to the tight end room, and again, I think this is again particularly Petrella. You've got Travis Kelsey, Rob Gronkowski, Zach Ertz, Tyler Conklin, Gerald Everett. All of those guys are startable, really. Start all of them. So you can really throw this in with no running backs and do four tight ends, four receivers, and two quarterbacks and be good to go. Like, this is not a bad team. He's I get why he's contending. It makes sense. Uh, on injured reserve, he just lost James Robinson. That was his number one running back. Let's be honest. That was a blow. Yeah. That, that hurts. That's a big loss. Uh, Giovanni Bernard, J.D. McKissick. Richie James and Max Williams, and then Taxi Squad, nobody of real note, but Ian Book, who's kind of scoring points, I guess, if you count positive or negative, <laughs> uh, Jared Patterson and Kenny Yaboa. So, again, this team, I think, is like one or two pieces away from what I would call dominant in this format. I don't think it's it's like a monster yet, but it's real close. Yeah. Real close. It's It's getting old quick, though. Yeah, oh so, yeah. I mean, that's that's a concern for another day because it's just about winning the ship this week and who cares. That's right. Um at this point, but yeah, I mean, I'd be looking to kind of buy back some years on these. Yeah. Um so really to me, he has nine starters locked in. So yep. two two of the three quarterbacks, um, you know, pick your two. And then I would say four four of those tight ends and then another three receivers. So to me, he has nine locked in guys that are, you just set them and hope, you know, nothing pops up here last minute, but those, those are, those are your nine guys. And so I think you really need to just add one more. And I felt like there's probably a high enough floor as far as the, the, I mean, a high enough ceiling with the quarterbacks and tight ends and especially the variants of wide receivers, especially big names like Devontae Adams, Justin Jefferson. I kind of like a, a floor piece to fill in there, um, you know, a running back and like just to be able to get you like 10, 12 points, because sometimes these leagues, these all flex leagues tend to be a massive blowout. Like just somebody's going to win by a hundred points and it doesn't matter because they're just hitting all the bonuses and a couple guys go off and it's nuts. Um, Or it's really, really close. And so I like to kind of have that piece. That's like, I can lock him in as my 10th starter for, for 10 to 12 points. And it, it was hard because there's no real strategy to lean back on here to say like, Hey, in a start nine with, you know, two running backs, three receivers, what, you know, you can, you can have those strategies in mind. And like, this is exactly what I would do and who I would target. You know, this is more of like a, almost like who's available. <laughs> who can I get? <laughs> Just plug in this week, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and so it's, I kind of, I kind of struggled a little bit just because I think maybe the best strategy would be to target one of those players that was just eliminated. Mm-hmm. One of those teams just eliminated. I think that's Andrew, what you were talking about probably the best way to do it here where you can get one of those maybe old pieces for cheap. Mm-hmm. I was kind of thinking more, um, you know, make this team as old as possible. So Rocky can just blow it all up. <laughs> <laughs> all right. All right. Um, so I've, I felt like just, uh, I don't know why. I think the reason is I found Melvin Gordon on a team that's, rebuilding and thought that guy should not be on that roster. Mm -hmm. And I go, that would be a nice piece to plug in this week. And you've got your 10, 12 points and maybe he gets in the end zone. Um, 
but then I realized that he doesn't really have any picks, which I should have known because it's Rocky. So I think he has like a third and a fourth. And I don't think that gets it done. And it does it doesn't look, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, it doesn't look like there are 23 picks available yet. Is that is that what you see by looking at the future picks? It only shows 22. So I, I'm assuming that he can't access the 23 picks yet in order to throw out like a 23 second. Because that would be my preferred. So there uh, are twenty three picks. You can you can see the twenty three picks in there. I don't I don't know. Oh, if, I see. If, I don't I don't see them. If, yeah, if you go to future, you can click on uh, future picks mm-hmm. and go to year yeah. twenty twenty three, and you can see them in there. So like there there definitely are twenty three picks, and I see trolls two has one two three four five twenty three first. I see jigsaw with one right, so he's got one. Um, but there are a lot of picks that are being traded in twenty three. So I, I I do. Just to kind of put a point to that. Oh, yep. Okay. There's a lot of future pick trading happening Got two it. years out. Yep. Okay. No, you know what? I I believe that I did look at this as well, but he didn't have a second in right. 22 or 23. Correct. Yes, he has he has a third. He has a third in each, I believe. Correct. Yep. Right? And maybe a 23 first, which is too much to give up for. Correct. Yep. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, so ultimately, I mean, my trade sucks, but we can move on to, <laughs> to Andrews. Well, I mean, I, I don't think there's anything wrong with your trade. I just think that, you know, I have a different one, but I think that you're on the same kind of thing that I'm looking for. It's like I want a running back. I think that's that's the target I was going for. I think if I'm sending anybody at this point of the season, it, it's a man, it's a tough ask to send anybody because you're going to have to send somebody you're starting. You know what well, I mean? Well, that's. Like, that's what I was trying to avoid. Yeah. And and so like you're gonna have to send a starter to get a starter back. Um, so my I had kind of two options. And again, I don't know if either of these actually get done, but in a in a league like this, with all the tight ends that he's got, I think Kelsey is the one that I would probably send and, and try to see if I could send Kelsey and get somebody back equal or better. Um, so my thought was to send Kelsey to the team Chucky, who just lost, like we were just saying, for either Diggs in a second or Camara. And again, I'm using the second as like a placeholder, kind of like you were saying, like it doesn't have to be a second, but something in that same kind right. of range. Um, but Diggs in a second, I think adds another starter. So you're not you're not really getting rid of much. And I think Diggs's upside is probably better than Kelsey's coming off of COVID here. Um, so I'm thinking even short term, I don't mind Diggs. Diggs is a couple years younger. So Dynasty, that's nice. And then getting the pick, of course, is always a bonus. I think Diggs in, in a league like this, I mean... Maybe I'm wrong. It's all flex, so it's kind of hard to say what the real valuation is. Those things are always tough for me. But I always feel like you know tight ends don't matter as much in an all flex league. Maybe I'm wrong on that logic. Um, I don't play in any like this myself. But when you can start you know seven tight ends or two tight ends or no tight ends, it, it kind of removes some of the value. I think so. My thought was Diggs is probably better than Kelsey yeah. now, and I would rather have Diggs more than Kelsey long term. But the other owner might, the other manager might look at that. Chucky might look at that and go. I don't have a tight end I'm starting. Maybe I kind of want that to balance it out. So that was the thought. The other trade okay. that I came up with was Kelsey for Camara straight up. And just to see, because again, I, I'm asking this question in a league of my own where it's like, you know, the, the Hawkinson manager wants, for some reason, wants Camara straight up. And I just don't think that's right. I feel like Camara is worth more than Hawkinson. And in, in some of my thinking and discussing on Twitter with other people, it's like, I don't know if I would take Kelsey over Camara. You know what I mean? I think I might like Camara straight up because Again, in an all flex league, the valuations are very different. You don't have to start at tight end, yada yada, like I just said. But Kamara is still a top twelve running back. He's not that old. He's twenty six, which is older than most, but he breaks the mold anyway. I mean, 
I might rather have a Camara than a Kelsey in a league like this. And again, looking at just this week with Kelsey coming off of uh, off of IR and off of COVID and all that, like I think Camara could outscore Kelsey this week and could be a better asset to trade in the future. So that was kind of the two thoughts that I had. And then I said to either of those, you can add J Rob to either. Like if if Robinson yes. seals mm-hmm. the deal. I mean, I don't know how much future you're going to have with him. I, I doubt that you're going to start him or at least feel confident starting him. So if it's, you know, Robinson and Kelsey for Camara, I don't mind that either. I don't mind adding a little to that side if, if that's the counter. So I don't know. That was kind of my thoughts. I guess, Chev, what are your thoughts? Is that am I on the right pace? Do you think I'm on the right, you know, line of tra- line of thinking here? Yeah, I think I think you're definitely on the right track. I mean, Kelsey, who knows how many years he has left? I know he's paired with Patrick Mahomes, so that's absolutely huge. But I think getting a young asset that will be possibly more valuable and trade, I definitely think is a valuable key to keeping your team. I mean, the team's already a little bit older already, so uh, getting some getting a little bit younger is not the worst thing that can happen. I'm gonna be honest; I am not the biggest MFL fan, so I don't even know where you find draft picks or anything like that. <laughs> it, so I didn't, I didn't get that right. far. That. I didn't get yeah. that far, but yeah, I mean, there's. I honestly feel like the team is good enough for this week to compete for the championship. So I honestly, I you could do a little bit of trades. Maybe you can find a team that has a bunch of wide receivers. That's maybe looking to off, off of one of them and just find somebody else at a different position. But I think this team's already pretty close to being ready for the win that championship. The tight ends are unbelievable. So I think it's like 1.75 points for a reception. So I mean, yeah. that's huge already with all those yeah. those guys, man. They they can take over a game and take over your championship. <laughs> one 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 or two players, it's it's big time for you. Yeah, and I think that's kind of where I'm at too. Like, the, he's already got a couple tight ends. You know what I mean? Like, this league has some mm-hmm. – this team has some tight ends. So, I think that's the only – I don't like sending one of your three receivers in a start eight other, you know, thing. But, like, with tight ends, yeah. there are definitely other teams. And I'm sure if I'm setting a lineup and I don't have a tight end in something like this, even if I don't have to start one, I'd want one if I'm going to contend. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure. and I mean, in this scoring, you know, Kelsey's averaging five more points per game than Diggs. So that's, you know, that's pretty that's pretty significant. The other interesting thing about this is that in the top 25 um, average per game, there's 12 quarterbacks. So it shows that it's a nice balance here with, you know, it's half quarterbacks and half, you know, you have running backs, receivers, tight ends in there too. So there's really so many ways to build a roster in these uh, in these flex leagues. And so it really, it's tough to, to come up with something. It's more of just like, let me line up my, my points per game and figure out, you know, yep. what's the most points per game I can get this week for the cheapest amount, essentially. Well, is, this is, is the kind really of the, the way to look at it. This is the kind of league I'm looking to join. Like I was saying before, like I'm, I'm getting rid of yeah. some leagues and joining new leagues with different formats. I agree. I have not played in an all flex league yet. Uh, I've played in some where you start three running backs, three receivers, two tight ends, you know, like it's very specific. I kind of want to go the other direction just because I didn't have fun with that league. It's so restrictive. Uh, yeah, there are a lot of points and all that, but like I kind of like the the makeup of this. One of the other leagues I joined is like you start one of everything and then the rest of it is flex. It's the same yeah, I'm thing. in a couple like that, um, yeah. Which I really like the ability to, to roster construct how you want, you know, and you can kind of pivot a bunch of different ways. You don't have to worry about starting three running backs. Again, I'm not trying to, you know, shame anybody or say that there's right or wrong. It's just I want to try something different. I want different. to get into, yeah, I want to try something new. I want to, you know, get into this, see if I like it. Um, I think, and this is maybe getting a little bit too meta, but 
especially with this team in this league, I love the way that this is built, right? And I, I, I hate complimenting Rocky. It just doesn't make me feel good. But uh, And he's not here, so we have to crap on him. But um, for That's the most the part, like this team is, is better than what I would probably have in the same situation. Let's put it that way. Um, where I'm respectful of this and be like, hey, this team is in the championship. I get it. It's a good team. He's right there. So I don't think there's a whole bunch of big needs that need to be made. Have we talked about the trades that he's got available yet, Scott? Do you know, have you brought those up at all? I don't. Uh, I I have not, Andrew. If you if you want to uh, pull those up, and while you're doing so, I do just want to say if if all the listeners take away from this whole conversation is Andrew and I need to join an all flex league, and yes. so let's let's make that happen, guys. Hook it up. Hook it up. Um, so us. Th- these are these are the two trades that Rocky apparently currently has available for him to accept. Um, somebody is willing to send Dallas Goddard for uh, Rockies 23 first. Yuck. Let's just talk about that for a second. Goddard for a first in an all-flex league like this. I say no. I would rather hold the first. Where are you at, Chev? Yeah, I'm the same way. I, I love Goddard. I've got Nate to take five shots last year on a bet that we made where Goddard would outscore Ertz. So <laughs> I love it. I love Goddard a lot, but the 23 class, I think, has a lot of young talent that's going to come in and really shock a lot of people and take a lot of the running back landscape and he needs running backs. He does not need tight ends at this point. So it's, it's a hard pass for me. Not really, but I, I love Goddard, but man, I got to keep that 23 what? first. Some, some guys like- got five of those first. Oh my yeah. God. Yeah. I like the idea of, of Goddard as a young asset. And obviously that's points over a pick that doesn't score points. So like I get the logic in that, like you might mm-hmm. want to say, let's sure. do that this week and make the extra points. I'm just not sure Goddard outscores whoever like Crowder or even like, like honestly like Daryl Williams or something. Like Edwards Hilaire may not play this week. Daryl Williams isn't a bad like ninth or tenth starter. Like yeah. it kind of I mean again like Gerald Everett isn't a bad ninth or tenth starter this week. Like if you're just looking DFS wise, like I don't know if Goddard's that much of an upgrade to sacrifice your youth with your aging quarterbacks and no running backs. I'd really like to. I don't know, hold on to some of that use. So I'm right there with you. Scott, are you kind of on the same page as the two of us? Yeah, without having the the starting requirement for a tight end. Um, Yeah. Um, And already having three uh, of them. That's what I keep going back to. Like, you you don't need extra tight ends, although I get the logic. The other Mm -hmm. trade, which I thought was a little bit more intriguing, was Boston Scott for an early third. So, like, getting Boston Scott for a third-round pick that I may not ever use Miles Sanders is out, I believe. We didn't talk about this in injury, but Miles Sanders broke his hand. He's most likely out for the year. Um, and again, only this week matters anyway. But like Boston Scott could be in line for some points this week. It's not a best ball, so you'd have to click the box behind beside Boston Scott, and that makes me nervous because I don't know yeah. if I can do it. But for a third, you're not risking much at all. I might do that one. I don't know. I feel like Boston Scott's better than a third. Chev, let's kick it back to you. Yeah, and those third-round picks, I mean, you're just looking for lottery guys anyway. But if you could win a championship – Winning a championship is the biggest thing you can do. It pays for your league fees for how many other years, and you get to have that on all your other league mates. So, yeah, I I think I would actually take Boston Scott, uh, especially with Miles Sanders' uh, injuries and whatnot. I don't know how long Boston Scott will be on your lineup, but it seems like he fits exactly into that lineup with all the the oldness that you got there. So, yeah, I think I would go with Boston Scott rather than a third. That could be just a – a lottery ticket anyway. Yeah, I mean, Boston Scott is ECR RB 31. Like he's not like a stud, but I feel like that. I, I don't mind that in this week, like going for the upside, you know what I mean? Like for a yep. third, you're not scoring anything with a third. Maybe it's a chance, I guess. 
Again, Scott, talk some reason into us. Are we on the same page? <laughs> it's it's probably one that I wouldn't. I I decline the Goddard one, and I just let this sit to see if I can pull off anything else. And if I can't, it's better than my current options on my roster. So for that reason, I would do it just for the ship. But I mean, who knows, man? We've seen Jordan Howard have good games with Sanders out. We've seen it be Kenneth Gainwell. Uh, who knows? It's 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 a total shot in the dark. Um, but if you can't pull off anything else and he's going to be your 10th starter, uh, and, or maybe you lose somebody here that unexpectedly, you know, yeah, Saturday, yeah. Friday, Saturday test here coming up, you know, you never know. Right. So, uh, in that case, I think, I think it's definitely in play and, you know, I don't think the guy offering it would be upset sitting on it because he's getting a free third, which I'd much rather have than Boston Scott. So, well, so yeah, I'm, in, I'm in leaving that vein, one. In a similar vein, what I might do is try to pivot, like sending a fourth for Dare, sending yeah. a fourth for Deontay yeah. Foreman. Like, I, mm-hmm. I, and again, I don't want to get too far down the rabbit hole here, but like sending a late pick for one of those guys that has very little, if any future value, but has a lot of week 17 value. Right? Like Daria Gumbawale is one of those guys that you could have gotten off waivers. I don't, he didn't obviously, but whoever did, if they spent fab on him, they might take the pick because they're not in the championship game. Again, I'm not looking right. at it. I doubt his opponent got him, but that's kind of where I'm like, even in, a, in an all flex league like this, I might start a Gumbawale over, you know, Crowder. You know what I mean? Like some of those other guys, like over Everett, like I was just talking about, like I might start a Gumbawale there. He's not a bad option in this week. So that's where like I might try to spend, if I have to do a third, fine, but like that's kind of where I'm at. And I don't know, Chev, did we get into your trade? I guess I maybe I missed it, but I don't think we really did yet, right? No, yeah, I was just saying maybe look for a, a wide receiver out there. I mean, you have a lot already, but, I mean, PPR, find a guy that could get you a few catches. I mean, we talked about it earlier with McKenzie. Like, he he's probably not going to get too many catches. And then who was the other guy we were talking about? Uh, Wale, right? Yeah. Scott Wale, said yeah. he could get six catches. Like, right there, you beat Yeah. Mackenzie right there. So I mean, if you I don't even, I, I'm gonna be honest, I didn't see Dare on anybody's roster. I may have missed him, but he could be free out there. And I would definitely take the free Dare yeah. over anybody else. Like trade a fourth. Like for sure. Maybe well, you, you guys mentioned can look at it uh, you mentioned Christian Kirk as well. And mm-hmm. I that's a name that I like to grab right now too, because he could have, especially in this bonus type league. He could easily have one of those big plays. He could have, you know, two for 60 and a touchdown. um, And he could have some value for next year. So it's kind of the double whammy, right? Like he could put you over the edge here and he could have some value next year where he's going to be a free agent. He might go somewhere where he has a more consistent role. So, um, yeah, that's that's somebody I'd love to grab right now uh, for sure is, is Christian Kirk. That's a good name. Yeah. For sure. I think Kirk is actually somebody that I'm trying to target a lot of places. And I think even uh, to kind of go into maybe pivoting into future, you know, rebuilding talk. I mean, Josh Palmer is one of those guys too, right? Like somebody who I think you can send very little and get a lot of return for like some of those, you know, Mike Evans or Mike Evans, Mike Williams might be gone and Palmer could be the guy. I mean, like some of that stuff right now, third and fourth round picks, that's who you trade them. for. I, I personally don't like drafting third round and fourth round picks because they're almost all lottery tickets and, as soon as you make the pick, the value drops tremendously. You know what I mean? Like it's all, you know, to each their own, but it's like, I just, that's not what I like to do. I'd rather trade that third round pick and let somebody else make it and trade it for a guy who I feel like, you know, has more value, not Amon Ross St. Brown anymore. He's gone higher than that, 
mm-hmm. you know, week three or four, you could have gotten a third for, you could have sent a third for Amon Ross St. Brown, you know, one of those guys. So I think that's, we're all on the same page. I don't think this, this team needs a big overhaul. My trade was probably the biggest of the group, mm-hmm. but I think it's all in the same vein of like, well, just trying to pivot a little bit. There's slight pivots to try to tweak your upside a little bit and not hurt you in the long run. And that's kind of where I think a team like this, that's contending, that's in the title game, that's all you're looking to do. You don't need to overhaul anything if you're in the title game. Like, mm-hmm. you, you know, you've done a good job getting there. Let's just bring it home. And that's what we're all trying to do is do those little tweaks, little tiny things. KJ Osborne is a guy, too, that I don't know what the yes. owner thinks of him, but that is a guy that this week I was going to talk about with Adam Thielen being injured. Yes. That is a guy that could win uh, this league for him if he can somehow pry him away from you might win manager. Scott Fishbowl for me. So, yeah, I'm all about K.J. Osborne this week. Yeah, that's a huge play this week. I think he's definitely going to be seeing a lot of targets. And, I mean, with Thielen out, that definitely helps him. And you got Jefferson on the other side taking coverage away. And you got Dalvin Cook running hard. Like, he's taking all the Osborne, people in the middle, man. Ooh. Osborne has 15-plus points in every game he's seen six-plus targets this year, except for one early in the season. So, yeah, put the guy in your lineup. Um, or trade for him, whatever you need to do here. A um, couple names I want to throw on here in the end, and then I want to throw it to you, uh, Shev, and see if there's any names coming up for, for next year, any rookies you're excited about. I know you guys mm-hmm. talk about that stuff a lot on Rewind, mm-hmm. and uh, you know I just want to give you a chance to talk about that a little bit. But sure. a couple guys I've been seeing going for real cheap here that you can get for nothing. Um, you know, Allen Robinson – He's going to be a free agent. He should go anywhere is literally a better situation. Like literally any, any team, um, you know, there's going to be a, a little bit of a discount on Chris Godwin right now. Um, yeah. He's somebody that I would be looking to obtain, uh, you know, yeah, it's late in the year. Maybe it affects you a little bit beginning of next year, but still, um, you know, Mike Williams is going to be a free agent. We mentioned earlier, Juju Smith Schuster. Uh, some of these guys that I think are not going to be super expensive. And if you can get them for like a second or a couple of seconds, Christian Kirk, we talked about earlier. Um, those are the type of guys that we've seen them do it in the NFL. And if you can get them for a second or even a second, a third or two seconds, or uh, I'm okay spending that because this next draft class in my opinion at this point and the research I've done is, is going to be a lot of guys, but it's going to be lottery tickets. Right. Mm -hmm. And there's going to be guys probably that hit from the second and third round, but we have no idea who, who or where they're going to be at this point. So if you can get a guy who's proven and can help you, you know, put points in your lineup next season, I am all about that. Some of those guys I would be targeting right now. Um, Chad, do you have any names for us? Uh, from the rookie class, anybody that you guys have been talking about, anybody that you've researched, I know we're still in season here, but um, just, just to kind of be thinking about, or maybe even thinking about some of those rookie picks, right? Like mm-hmm. what, do, what do we, uh, and your overall thoughts on the 22 class. Cause I know everybody's oh, 22 sucks, get 23 mm-hmm. picks, you know, all that type of yeah. stuff. So I just yeah. want to get your thoughts on that. Yeah. So, I mean, I think the 22 class is going to surprise the, the people. I mean, honestly, the running back class, I think, is going to be a little more dependent on where they land, obviously. I think the talent is pretty similar to uh, each other. So I think that landing spot is definitely going to push people, push 
uh, Spiller above Hall or whatever whatever you want to call your rankings. I think sure. those landing spots are definitely going to play a big key. I really like the wide receiver class, honestly. I think there's a lot of good dudes. You got Burks, you got Lave, you got Wilson. I mean, there's so many good wide receivers. And I think we're starting – a lot of people are starting to figure out, man, if I can get these wide receivers, they're hitting a lot more often than these running backs. Look at Trey Sermon. Hasn't done anything. You can grab a – fourth round wide receiver in your rookie draft and they could still come up to something we see it every time so i think the wide receiver class is definitely gonna be a little bit stronger i'm not too excited about the quarterback class i think yeah. there's just a lot of lottery pick guys if they hit great if they don't you're gonna see them become backups for a long time i think so <laughs> that that one really worries me one person i really do like is george pickens i think he's gonna be a guy that flies Georgia. way Why under the radar radar and I think he is somebody that is going to make a, a dynasty manager very happy in the next few seasons, especially if he lands in a good spot. If he can go to Chicago, I'd be really excited about that. <laughs> um, but I'm not holding my breath. We'll see what happens in the offseason <laughs> with these guys. Uh, I don't even know. Allen Robinson has really soured me, too. I just feel like he doesn't play too hard. But, yeah, I think this 22 class is going to be, it's going to be good. I'm not expecting a whole lot of – guarantees after like pick seven or eight like that okay. i think we're really going to be really kind of lottery pick kind of guys as well so i got a lot of a lot of time left to watch film but that's kind of where i'm at right now uh, but there's a lot of good wide receivers and i am if you need a wide receiver man this is the year that you can go out and snag them 2023 go get your running backs that's for sure i think we're definitely on the same page there and i feel like again their landing spot's going to be a big deal obviously um, but yeah, I just feel like there's a, a, a large group of wide receivers and even running backs. Like there's yeah. just a lot of guys and, you know, maybe they're not three down backs or maybe they're not X receivers, but they can have a role. They can come in, mm -hmm. they can produce. And so I'm, I'm honestly grabbing second and third round picks at this point, because there may be kind of a, you know, from end of the first through middle of the second may not be a huge difference. And from end of the second through end of the third may not be a huge difference. And yeah. so, um, you know, keep keep that in mind right now uh, when you're thinking about this next rookie class. And trust me, the hype's going to build and guys are going to hit. And once we get done with all these championships and stuff, we're going to start talking about the combine and, and the draft and all that. And then those rookie picks are going to go up in value. So explode, man. You got to hang on to those picks till the draft time is almost near for your league because they are going to gain so much value. I mean, we see it. A wide receiver goes to your favorite team. Or somebody in your somebody's favorite team in your league, and man, they want him so bad. They'll <laughs> trade the world for him. So yeah, hang on to those bad boys. Trade them right before the draft, and I mean, I think you'll be good to go. Every every year, every year never fails. Um, Andrew, any final thoughts tonight on anything? Yes, I, I know we've gone long already, but I just want to say this to kind of say what what Jeb was saying too is that. I think every year we've got like eight players that are going to be good. And then the draft shows up and we get like two more <laughs> yep. just show up because of draft spot. And I think every year in September, I feel like I hear it. Oh, this draft class isn't great trade out. And then come January, it's like, Oh, this class isn't as bad as we thought. <laughs> yeah, so right, just, yeah, right. It's, just, it's how it is. There's always going to be rookies that step up and, and do a good job. Like, you know, not everyone's going to be Najee Harris, but you're going to get plenty of players like Michael Carter. You're going to yep. get plenty of players like Jalen Waddle, even to be honest, like Rashad Bateman, like these guys that are still going to have a lot of future value. And I hate to say it, but you're going to have plenty of guys like Paris Campbell and Jalen Rager and 
you know, Andy Isabella and like these names that you think mm -hmm. are going to be amazing that aren't. And it's like, it's really impossible for us. We all try to predict the future and none of us are right a hundred percent of the time. So yeah, I always tell people to don't just listen to me. Don't just listen to us. Do your own research. Try to find your own way to watch film or your own way to watch clips or, you know, find your own metrics Find the guys that you like and draft them. Mm -hmm. Cause honestly, like, there's nothing worse than picking the guy that someone else said to draft and you don't like him. Like, exactly. No, no. Find the guys that you like, pick them, ride or die. I mean, at the end of the day, it's about fun. You know, you mm -hmm. don't have to be right. Just have fun with it. And I think a lot of times too, and, and coming off the season, you've got some people that are tilting, like we mentioned earlier, just do your best, have fun with this. That's the whole point. And I think we're all on the same page there. I know rewind all you guys on the rewind crew that we've all had on here are on the same page. Like, <laughs> Just keep going, keep grinding, and have fun. Mm -hmm. That's the end game of this. So, yeah, that's oh, why yeah. I want to leave it. Yeah, man, just have fun. I mean, you definitely have to do your own analysis. But I, I, when I first started, I didn't. I didn't watch some of the players. I was like, oh, I took took somebody's word. And then I ended up just absolutely hating that player on my team. I'm like, why did they even draft him? I don't even like him. So, I mean, even if it's just watching highlights, go watch highlights. I don't recommend Anything, it. Something. But, like, watch something. If you're going to watch film – Go watch some film. There's film all over YouTube. You can Twitter, go to Dynasty Centers. Yep. I mean, there's it's everywhere for you to go watch. And if you don't know what you're looking for, ask somebody, man. If you don't ask questions, you're never gonna find the answers. And not we're not all film analysts. Like we're not all the right. greatest at watching film. Like we're just watching for different traits that these people have, different tricks and and candies that these people can or these players can have. And sometimes we get it right, sometimes we get it don't, but we're doing our own analysis and we're finding out the guys that we actually like. So this this time for me, I love this time where maybe they're not scored points, but man, we're finding assets to grow and build on our team. And oh, my favorite time of year. Valuations are changing whether they're scoring points or not. That's the whole point. That's right. Blurbs are making moves. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> player people are getting sick of it. They've had Barkley all year and they're ready to get rid of him for cheap. This is the time <laughs> of year to strike. You know, if you've got yeah. if you believe Barkley's the guy or he's on his last year and he's going somewhere else after this, now's the time to get him. You know, all that stuff. I love this time of year. Between like honestly, from January to March. I tend to take a little bit of a break from a lot of my leagues and just kind of let it settle because there's a lot of a lot of emotions for me in a lot of cases where it's like I'm out of it. I just got burned. <laughs> Let's let it settle. But it gives me time to focus on the new stuff, the next generation, the next class. I love that. This is the, oh, yeah. every year. That's why I love Dynasty. It's always fresh. Mm -hmm. Yes, sir. Great show tonight, boys. Um, Chev and long as always. Chef Boy RD. <laughs> Yeah. The greatest Twitter handle. Um, Shav, <laughs> you want to tell the people uh, where you're at, where they can find you? Yeah, so you guys can find me on Twitter at ChevBoyRD. Feel free to hit me in the DMs, whether it's about life or whether it's about fantasy football, man. I'm here for everything. I love being able to help people out in any kind of way. Uh, so feel free to do so. Follow Dynasty Rewind. There's a lot of good people there. I mean, it's become a family, man. We started out kind of just having fun, doing our thing, and now it's kind of grown a little bit. We've got a lot more people on, and it's it's really become something really awesome. We're really lucky to get over a thousand subscribers on YouTube recently. So that's been Amazing. absolutely massive, Amazing. something really huge that I would have never expected. But I expected to maybe get like twenty five followers or whatnot. But <laughs> man, this thing has turned into something even greater. It's 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 brought me a lot of close friends, a lot of new people that I've interacted with, and I mean Scott, I didn't even know. I didn't know Scott for a long time, and then he's a Bears fan in one of our leagues, so we started talking about that, and then we just get to 
chatted up in Twitter. So this has been a, a dream. It's been so much fun and follow Dynasty Rewind. We got a lot of good stuff coming out and should be a lot of content coming out very soon too. So yes. thank you guys for having me on. I really do appreciate it. Appreciate you, man. Yeah, I love your insight. And uh, yeah, uh, I'm so, so proud of you guys and so happy for all your success. It's awesome. Couldn't happen to a better group of guys. And, uh, you know, we've we've obviously had several of you on recently and we'll, we're going to have some more here in the future. Yeah. So we're keeping right. the this Rewind Junkies connection going. We love it. Sure. Um, Let's uh, finish up here with some business. You can find us at Dynasty Junkies on Twitter. We are a member of the DAP Network at DAP underscore network. Uh, you can find Rocky on Twitter somewhere at Dynasty FF Addict. I got it right that time. Uh, and of course, uh, my man at Andrew Hall FF and myself, the creative name at Scott underscore Sidlow. Uh, give us a subscribe over on youtube give us a rate and review anywhere wherever you listen we appreciate it reach out to us anytime questions uh last minute decisions here no trade deadlines whatever you guys got going we're always here for you we have great interaction um with all the listeners a lot of awesome uh, messages too and just want to say thank you to everyone again for all the all the love with the scott fishbowl and um just been it's really cool we have such a cool community you know it's just it's awesome uh, can't can't say it enough. Um, hit us up, and we will have a lot of good stuff coming up for you here in the non-point scoring season. Good luck in your championships. And, Andrew, you want to take us out? I just want to say bring it home, Scott. Let's do it. Get that SFB title. And on that note, Junkies out.